because you have a vested interest in this. I said, okay. And I sat there and I watched, watched him let Carol King vote. And I could have said something right then. I said, no, it's better not to say anything right now. And uh, it turned out better than we did. Because if it had been a 4 4 vote, the mortgage fund would have stayed. Right. And they make this come back to the illegal vote. Right. Going up to Austin, we heard about what, you know, Austin was a little surprised. Having to drive out there, and I guess justification at the end of the day, Coach, is, is uh, the outcome of it. The victory is not only for, for, the, for the boys, the young man that participated, but for the school district and your coaching staff that work so hard every week. But, at, again, at the end of the day, these are student athletes that come out, train, work hard. And as you mentioned last week, like having, getting in a fight, getting your butt whipped, and the next day you say, no, I didn't. No, you did Congratulations on that, Coach. I know it's been a tough process. And, but, again, a testament to you, Dr. Amandadis, Dr. Danher, and our whole staff. I know Gene Brown and your secretaries for due diligence. They did their excellent work. And, again, it's all about the student body and the community. And, again, congratulations and uh, a testament to yourself for standing up for your boys. You know, what I can't understand, if I was voting against the medicine, I would actually say, why punish the entire team for a clinical error? I mean, I would never vote against a group of kids who won a game, and it was a clerical error. Now, if the kid was an impact player, and it was they knew it, and they overlooked it on purpose, then, yeah, I'd probably vote. Yeah, they have to they lose. Right. Or a kid maybe not passing, or a kid, like you said, transferred right. in at the last moment, didn't go through, whatever the case is. Right. But in this situation, came in late in the game, game was out of control, like one play, one game, three the other. Clerical errors, self-reported. Y'all, as a district, as a coaching staff, as an athletic director, y'all did everything, and that was just proof of going up to Austin and uh, justifying it and proving that y'all did everything else. Well, you know, Austin said this is the first time in the history of UIL they've ever seen anything like this. You know, it, it, you know that was interesting. But you know, as I look at it, I guess they're desperate for wins, and that proof it was good enough for them. Well, it's a shame. But again, with the uh, tradition and what you've brought to this community, a lot of people down in the and down in the valley they say Kalanle, and I think the people here in Corpus are tired of Kalanle. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope so. You know, I'd rather be disliked than the people that they comment on us getting the, the games back were ridiculous. You know, how much did we pay the UIL and stuff like that? In reality, we really paid. Well, all the schools they had to travel up there with their principals and the mileage and the meals, and then also them missing school. They weren't even at their school for something like this. That was the expense of this. It wasn't that we paid it That's for sure. But you're not going to pay the UIL off. Well, logic and common sense doesn't come with a price tag, Coach. It's just the ignorance sometimes that uh, can cause somebody some pain and misery, but uh, congratulations. I know, Coach, we're going to get into Alice real quick. I know you got to go. Uh, Andres uh, Barrios is the quarterback. They're led by Alejandro Santino, the running back. they got a great team. You're going to be having a tough matchup tonight. It will be a good game. You know, we, Alice always plays this stuff. They're going to be up for this game. They're going to try to really get after us. And we know that. And they got a good defense. And offensively, they're kind of hurting without that one running back. But they still got a young kid that's coming up that's really beginning to you know, get speed up underneath him, and, and uh, they're pulling together. And it'll, it'll be a good game. You know, I, I look for Alice first on. I mean, with a 5-2 and two record, 10-2 two two in district play, lost last week to Gregory Portland. Their only other district loss is to Ray. Two tough opponents. We saw both of those the last two weeks. Tonight, tough matchup here in Alice, and we get to go 
uh, back home next week against Monaco. So that's all I see tonight. Congratulations again, not only on your victory last week against the Ray Texans, but being able to go to Austin and uh, come back with a decision that's rightfully so for these young men. Well, it is good. It's good that our kids got it back. They knew they won it. I told them whether they won it, the forfeit it. All right, the forfeits are not. You know, boys, you all know you won the game. The only thing it does is it's uh, icky on me, in which I could take. It didn't matter to me, you know. Uh, if, uh, and also the school, because it would have shown that we were not 6-1. and one, We were, what, 4-3? and three. Right. And so uh, the thing is that, you know, that was the important thing was for our kids. It wasn't for me or anybody else. It was for the kids. Best of luck to you tonight, Coach. Against these to Alex Coyote. Let's get out of some injury free with a victory. We'll go again next week. That's sounds like a work. And let's get ready for some. There you go. That's Coach Banner on our coaches show right here on 1360. Coach Banner, that's the last you do now. We'll do it again next week. All right. Thank you. All right. That's Coach Banner on our coaches show. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360. KOTX. Clear. Test one, two, test, 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 test. Can you hear me? Test, test, test. Test. I can hear you. Hey, Dan, can you hear us okay, Dan? Testing, one, two, test, test. 30 seconds. Brian, right, can you hear me pretty good? I can hear you, yeah. All right, good. Okay, we got Brian, Brian, Katana. All right, Brian, we got the uh, scoreboard coming up tonight, so let's see what we got. 15 seconds. Thank you so much. I apologize for calling in late. So I was trying to get everything set up. Five seconds. Four. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, first Victoria Bank pregame show coming to you from Memorial Stadium here in Alice, Texas, on a beautiful Friday night. Prime time crew coming at you about 15 rows about the uh, visiting crowd. Temperatures are uh, cool Friday night. The uh, cool foot came in early, as you heard Coach Dan here talking about it. It's uh, temperatures right at about 70 degrees, actually, it was 77 uh, as we were doing the uh, coaches show, and now temperatures down to about 73. Uh, it's a little cool here in the first box. I uh, got to, to my left, the prime time crew coming at you tonight. I got uh, our color commentator, Coach Ryan Duke. Our uh, statistician is Coach Mike Bertelson, and back in the uh, boxes. Brian Katana, our producer. Uh, Coach Duke, welcome to the show. I oh, appreciate it, Mike. Good to be here. Friday night football, Alice, Texas. Been some great matchups throughout the years. Uh, Coach Duke, this is one of the nicer fields uh, on a, as far as the playing surface. Beautiful, beautiful green grass. Not the crowd that we normally expect from the Alice Coyote fans. Uh, this is uh, the great transition. They have a new head coach this year, but it's always a great matchup against these Alice Coyotes. Yeah, you know, they've hit a couple of uh, road bumps here, or bumps here in the road, just to uh, Past couple of weeks, uh, dropping that game to GP last week and uh, two weeks before going against Ray, you know. Uh, but like you said, you know, this field out here, it's, it's kind of odd to see grass again, you know what I'm saying? Every time we go into, into Corpus and play in Buck or Cabinets, we've got the turf field, and then obviously back home we got the turf, so it's good to be back out here and uh, seeing some green grass and natural turf looking good out here. All cats after the uh, protest Wednesday, uh, the appeal, they were, uh, which was overturned, are now sitting at 6-1 and one. last week. On the Ray, Texas came up with a big victory last week against uh, – 
array. We saw the defense completely dominate, only allowing seven yards in the second half. Came up with a 34-6 victory over the race Texans. They were undefeated coming into that matchup. We saw the crowd. We saw the atmosphere. Lots of electricity. That was back-to-back weeks. Uh, you know, week before we were in Gregory Portland, you could just really feel the crowd, the, the emotion, the intensity. Last week, it was a sold-out uh, wayside capacity crowd of about 8,000 people. Tonight, a little different atmosphere, but it's a beautiful night. Temperatures are cooled off. We had some rain um, you know, yesterday, but it's going to be a beautiful day here in uh, Alice Memorial Stadium. Again, just a beautiful facility. We expect that anytime you come into Alice, I mean, their, their record hasn't been the best against the, uh, the Talon Marquez, but it's, it's, a, it's a team that's always played us tough. It's kind of an eerie feeling out on the on the field, Mike. Like you said, the little cold front came through. Where, you know, we're used to the, the, the loud music when we were in GP. They had the, the scoreboard going, and over there they got two little speakers, and we didn't have much going on. And with their uh, with their music, like somebody was over there with the iPod, just switching every song about one or two minutes into the, every song, and it just uh, it was kind of like a little somber somber tone. Like you said, over there looking at their stand, it's not really all that full. It's uh, you can see a lot of the the paint on there on their stands over there. So hopefully, you know, they get a, get a couple more people in the stands and then hopefully it's not a, you know, something against us when we go out there and we hopefully don't come out flat without, uh, without all the energy. Exactly. Okay. Looking across the field, not a, a large crowd for the Alice Coyotes. I wouldn't even say it's half full. Again, it's very surprising. The band is lined up to our left-hand side is the uh, Coyote band. I believe the Wildcat band uh, is over here to our right-hand side. They are in the ble- uh, bleachers to our right. Uh, Alice Coyotes come in as a home team. They got their uh, burnt orange and white. Uniforms, uh, Wildcats are the visiting team coming into our right-hand side with the uh, uh, road uniforms. They come in with the white shirts, maroon pants, maroon numerals, white headgear with the tr- traditional Cats logo across the, uh, the helmet. I don't want to apologize to our folks uh, back home listening to us. I am recovering from a, uh, kind of a, a light cold. I don't know if maybe a sinus infection. If I found a little, maybe I can root off with my nose a little clogged up. But I am on the back end of my uh, cold. So, again, I want to apologize to those people out there. Uh, bear with me on a Friday night. Uh, coming to you from Alice, Texas, the first Victoria Bank Free Game Show. We'll come back. We'll talk a little history on the Coyotes, uh, uh, you know, some of the games that we've played in the past. We've got a lot to talk about here on the first Victoria Bank Free Game Show. I'm going to see you live on 1360 KKTX. We'll be back after these words. Clear. He's talking to you, the clear. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> you don't want to sort through. <laughs> I knew you were going to come back. Thirty seconds. Catch him. Ten seconds. Five seconds. Gotcha. All right, welcome back to the First Victoria Bank pregame show. Coming to you live from Memorial Stadium inside the visitors' press box. If you have a little echo, it's because we are in an enclosed box. A actually uh, a remodeled, maybe upgraded the, uh, the visitors' press box. They got some new floor tile. They got new windows. Uh, just a, they've done a great job here in Alice. Again, you heard Coach Stanner talk about probably the nicest press box 
and all of South Texas, uh, we'll say South Texas. You get down to the Valley, they got some beautiful uh, press boxes down there. But for this region, for this area, for these two districts, uh, Alice definitely has one of the nicer press boxes, and then done a great job here at the facility. And this home crowd really backs them up as Alice Coyotes make their way onto the field onto our left hand side. Not wearing their burnt orange pants tonight, uh, Coach Duke. Coming in with their home uniforms, coming in with burnt orange uh, jerseys, white numerals, white pants. The other thing that's kind of different that I hadn't seen in a while is they have on white helmets with the uh, Alice Coyote. Is that an A on the side of their helmet, or is that a coyote? Yes, A. They got the uh, the Texas Longhorn look going this year. They got the white pants, the uh, the burnt orange jerseys, like you said, the uh, the white helmets. They actually have the reflective A on it, like the, the Longhorns have their new reflective A. Or, Long going on there, so it's uh, basically a carbon copy of their uniform. There you go. But, uh, again, so a little bit different. Normally in the past, we've seen them with the uh, burnt orange shirts, burnt orange pants. They even had the burnt orange helmet. So, again, a coaching change here in the Alice uh, community. They have now been taken over by just, Justin Evans. Comes in with a 5-2 and two record, 2-2 two two in district play. Uh, trying to get this program turned around. They've had some great athletes come out of uh, Alice. And uh, here they are again tonight. And they, uh, these, little, you know, these kids aren't the biggest. They're not the fastest. But they're going to come out and work hard. Very reminiscent of the Cowan Bobcats. You know, I see that. No disrespect to the Wildcats, but throughout the years, we all, you know, we all haven't always been the biggest, haven't always been the strongest, but they always come out. And as we get deeper into the playoffs, I guarantee you ask Lamar and some of them Houston schools, who Cal Allen is, and they know exactly who we are. And they've always said it. They've always been overmatched, overpowered, but uh, the, the competition, the level that these boys play, they execute, they play the game fundamentally. And uh, that's what, a lot what you see from Alice. Uh, they, they, they play good, sound, quality football. But they've made the change in the coaching ranks, and uh, here they are trying to get their program reestablished. It's kind of like the uh, the uniform change. You know, they used to go back with the, the slot teeth type of stuff, and I think they wore all that orange pants and jersey and, and uh, helmet and everything to, to kind of disguise the ball when they were doing all the fakes in the backfield and stuff like that. But looking over uh, the past, I think the past 12 games here, back in 2004, we took them, we got them uh, 32 to nothing back in 05, 43 to 15, in 06, 45 to 7, in 07, 28 to 12, in 08. We ended up losing that one by three, twenty-two to nineteen. I think that was remind me, or correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the first time Alice ever? Yeah, it was. I believe that over the twenty-one year period, uh, they uh, game was played in Cal Allen, if I remember right, and uh, they actually had a huge celebration. They came back. I think we were up nineteen to zero in that game, and they came back and won. Uh, again, it was just a very odd game, and that game took place there at uh, Phil Banner Field. That was their first victory, I believe, in two thousand eight. Yeah, in two thousand eight. So then in '09, we got them back, forty-five to seven. In 2010, 43 to 22, and 11, 61 to three. Then in 2012, we slipped up again, lost 17 to seven, and then 03, we came back, or 13, came back 42 to nothing, 14, we uh, won 28 to 21, and last year we got the victory 41 to 14. So over the past 12 years, we're 10 and two against the Alex uh, Coyotes. Big bad matchup tonight for sure. Again, they're trying to get things going. They, have, they were led by their quarterback number 10, Andres Barrios. Running back is going to be number 14, Alejandro Cancino, and they do come out with four wide receivers. So. It'll be a great matchup tonight for these Wildcats as they come out. We'll see what they run this week. Very diverse offense. We saw them last week. Uh, didn't throw the ball much. They lined up in the wing tee, two tight end sets, and pretty much ran the ball down the throat of the uh, Ray Texans. Uh, didn't want to play into the strength of the uh, Ray Texans, so they opted to run the ball last week. So you never know what you're going to get from Coach Danner and his coaching staff, depending on what they're weak into it is what we will exploit. That was one of the things that uh, I think one of our middle school coaches came up and was talking to us about in our, in our freshman game. It's pretty cool that – you know, whatever we want to go against, if we want to come out with the power run, we can do that. If we want to spread it out, we can do that. So it's almost like you have to uh, to prepare for two different offenses each week when you come in to face the Cal and Wildcats. So, like you said, last year or last year, last week we uh, went against the Ray Texans and we saw on film that they had some good outside linebackers, some good secondary people. So we just went straight to the run and we ended up rushing for over 300, or about 320 yards last week. So uh, 
you know, it might be a little bit, a little bit different this week. Um, I believe Ray put out some points against him out of the spread, stuff like that. So we might see a little bit of both tonight, Mike. There you go. As Wildcats get ready for tonight's matchup, Wildcats taking on the Alice Coyotes. Wildcats uh, got two games up tonight to Alice Coyotes. Next week will be the uh, Miller Buck. After that, we'll get ready for the uh, zone uh, playoff matchup. That is on a Thursday night, though. I believe it's November 3rd, maybe. Uh, it is the first week of November. That will be the deciding game uh, to see who will represent the district as we go into the playoffs. Wildcats are doing very well. They've uh, been taken over again by Gage Lamb, who was hurt in the San Antonio Johnson game late in the game with a high ankle. Spring, Colton Duff took over for a couple of games, did a great job. Now you're seeing Colton Duff working more out of the uh, wide receiver spot, and they're both connected well. So Alec Brown looking healthy, got that burst of speed. Hawkins doing a great job, and you've got to give credit to that front line for the Wildcats. They've uh, pretty much won the battle of the trenches all week. Uh, they're led by Ryan Everett, um, Carson Tips. Derek Rojas has taken over one of the guard spots as a sophomore. you got Duke Waddell and then Weston Julig. Uh, those guys have really been doing well in the trenches, and you get tight ends to come in occasionally, which is Broughton. Uh, you've seen Heath Thomas come in, uh, you know, just swat. There's so many guys that come in on the blocking back and the deep back position. All of them have done a fantastic job, and, and the running backs never go down on first contact. It's like they're always falling forward and uh, really driving for that extra yard. And you get your quarterback with the keeper, shows the burst of speed, and just really the offense is starting to come together. Uh, late here in the season, coach. Tons of weapons, like you said. You know, coming out of the gate, we're a little bit sluggish and uh, relied on our defense heavily. And then these past couple of weeks, you know, we've been coming alive, getting uh, getting the ball to all sorts of people in the backfield, and, and making making uh, the defenses work against us. You know, like like we said, you know, we had 300 yards rushing last week. The, the week before against GP, I think we almost, I think we over, we had over 500 total yards. So uh, the uh, offense has been clicking on all cylinders here lately, and you know, defense has been uh, been there all year for us, and they just uh, keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. Defense gave up six yards last week in the second half against the Ray Texans. Again, we talked about the game before. Just, um, or I try to go back even two weeks back when we played Tolosa Midway. Only gave up one first down the whole game. And, uh, again, defense is playing very well. Secondary uh, is led by, you know, Phil Flyby, Forrest Chris, Sam Allen, and, and John Gaddis. Those guys have done an outstanding job on the backside. And then the uh, linebacking core that's uh, really, uh, you know, kind of kept in check for the, for, you know, they just attacked from all sides. Heath Thomas, Brandon Broughton. Race Deer, Lawrence Mann, those guys do a great job. And the guys up front, Jeremy Englehard, Kamimati, uh, Justice Escobar, and then you also got Roland Gonzalez coming in, filling in. Those guys have done an outstanding job. Credit to the whole defense for doing a great job. Uh, last week, uh, you know, the player of the week, uh, you know, Heath Thomas got that honor, Coach Duke. So these guys are playing some good football. As good as the offense is playing, we have to give credit to the defense as well. We have had uh, both teams line up for the uh, national anthem. We're going to take our final break on the first Victoria Bank free game show. We'll come back with the uh, coin tip. We'll have the opening kickoff. A lot more to come right here on the first Victoria Bank pregame show on 1360 KKTX. Clear. How many tackles got? You got his numbers? Yeah, he had 15 tackles and two sacks, I think. We'll talk a little bit about it when you come back. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, 15 tackles, two sacks. 5'11", two more pounds. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Okay, 30 seconds, I think is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brandon, are we coming in okay? Yes, sir. Okay, say something else for me. Hello, hello. Okay, I'm going to see if I can turn up my cue feed. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Let me turn this one up so we can hear. Five seconds. Gotcha, loud and clear. Perfect. All right, welcome back to the first Victoria Bank pregame show. Coming to you live from Memorial Stadium, Alice, Texas. I'd like to thank everybody for being with the primetime crew on a Friday night. I'm Mike Gore alongside Coach uh, Ryan Duke, our color commentator tonight. Our statistician is Coach Mike Brotherton and our producer, Brian Katana, back in the uh, studio helping us out. We were talking a little bit about Heath Thomas last week. Uh, got the honors of uh, uh, defensive or actually just player of the week. Uh, Coach Duke got an outstanding game. Yeah, I believe it's, it's uh, Mr. Texas High School Football of the Week. It's uh, by TexasFootball.com. The uh, 5'11", 200-pound senior ended up getting 15 tackles last night and two sacks. We just want to give a, a big shout-out to everybody that got on the, got on the Internet and uh, went and voted for him because it was a fan vote. So we, I think he ended up with uh, around 45 46% of the vote. So I just want to thank everybody for getting out there and uh, helping your, uh, your hometown team. Let me give the uh, Wildcat uh, captain tonight. Number 20 is going to be uh, Devin Newark. Uh, number 73 is Austin Ochoa. Number 65, Chris Cryer. Number 3 is uh, Juan Pelan. Along with number 34, Andrew Montalongo, and number 30 for the Wildcats is Ty Cade. Captains for the Alice Coyotes, number 5 is Derek Escobar, number 10, Andres Barrios, number 11 is Isaac Hernandez, and number 34 is Andrew Silva. Oh, I knew that eight years of Spanish in high school. Barrios. Barrios. Eight years of Spanish in high school finally pays off. Because we had to do it twice every year. Dad would be proud. There you go. As we, uh, we get ready for the coin flip, the uh, captains are in the middle of the field. The referee has uh, flipped the coin. We'll wait uh, for the uh, outcome. Looks like he's going to come over and tap the uh, Alex Coyotes on the shoulder. They will receive the toss to our left-hand side. The Wildcats will uh, defend the uh, north end zone. That is what I'm taking over to the right-hand side as we get ready for the opening kickoff. Uh, Alex Coyotes versus your Carolina Wildcats here on a Friday night. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night. I'd like to remind everybody you can hear tonight's broadcast on the World Wide Web on catsiradio.com. That's www.catsiradio.com. You can also listen on our direct connect phone line, 724-898-7823, 724-898-7823. All you got to do is call in. Audio will come right to your cell phone. Of course, you got us right here on 1360 KKTX if you're here locally in the Corpus Christi area. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night. Uh, there's so many ways to, uh, to pick up the broadcast. We've also been told you can go on iHeartRadio and look up uh, 1360 KKTX. So, uh, again, there's so many different ways to pick up the game. Uh, we'll do the best we can to, to bring you the play-by-play action as we do every Friday night. As we come to you from Memorial Stadium, we've been, we're listening to the uh, first Victoria Bank pregame show. The Wildcats getting ready to kick off. Back deep to receive for the uh, Alice Coyotes. Looks like it's going to be at number five. And uh, tell me out, it was at 34. 24. 5 and 24. We're back to receive for the uh, Nile Coyotes. Number 24 is Daniel. Man, uh, you, you just gave me a big old toss. G E L I S T A. Yeah. And then uh, we got number 5 back there, Derek Escobar. Derek Escobar. And Lisa, back deep to receive. Wildcats will kick it off from the 40 yard line. Team left for the Wildcats is number 85. Grant Gonzalez looks over his uh, teammates. Let's hit the referee, and we are ready. Approaching. I end of the end. This is going to be a short kick. Taking it about the 17 yard line by the up man. Coming straight ahead. And it'll be hit at about the 32 yard line where the Alice Coyotes will take over first down and 10. A little confusion right there on the kickoff. Looks like uh, the Alice returner right there kind of just stuck his hand in the air like he's going to 
get a little fair catch right there. It looked like number 22 came up right behind him and, and caught him off right there, Justin Macias was able to uh, bring it just outside the 30-yard line. So almost a, a little communication error right there on the kickoff, but they were able to re- get it and get a uh, about an 8-yard return right there, so it'll set him up at the, about the 32-yard line. First down and 10 for the Alice Coyotes. First possession of the game, they're going to bring trips to the near side. Two wide out to the top, so five wide receivers for the Coyotes. Empty back here. Shotgun formation for Andres Barrios for the uh, Alex Coyotes. Low snap, ball hits the carpet. Barrios picks it up, launches it downfield. Looking for his receiver. This one is hit and caught by number 11, and a great, great job by number 11, keeping the concentration with Isaac Hernandez. Philip Lively looked like he was going to have an interception, dude. Ball went off the hands of Lively and right into the hands of number 11, Isaac Hernandez. Just uh, some unfortunate luck right there for the Cavs. Looks like you said, uh, Lively was right there to intercept. It just went off his hand, but I, I believe it actually hit off a, a walk at defender's knee and then showed it to the, uh, the receiver's hands right there. So it's going to be about a about a 60-yard gain on uh, first down right there. The ball was snapped on the ground. He kind of just picked it up and heaved it out there to the left and ball bounced a couple times and just uh, wound up in Alex's favor there. Biggest play of the year for sure against this Wildcat defense and more of a busted play. Bobby in shotgun formation again. Five wide receivers for the Coyotes. Bobby is Quick drop, launching it over to the near side, going to the corner of the end zone, and that kicks through the corner. Looks like, uh, wow, Mike. It's going to be a really late flag here. The uh, intended receiver was number 13, Andres Pando, and the ball was almost thrown out of the back of the end zone right there. The, uh, the official looked like he had some trouble getting the flag out, but he will get us for a uh, either a defensive holding or a pass interference. It's going to go on Chris here, so they're going to – See what the call is. They're going to call holding here, Mike. So I think it's just a 10-yard mark off, but that'll bring the ball, I think, inside the 10-yard line here. Two plays for the Coyotes, and they've gone from the uh, 32-yard line inside the uh, red zone for sure. And uh, trying to look at the uh, little monitor. I, I don't want to say little monitor because it's much bigger than the one we have at home, but what we saw two weeks ago in GC, uh, it just makes it very tiny. But Coyotes uh, in a great field position, 11-15, opening drive of the first quarter. That's basically the offense, Mike. They're going to give us a little sweep to the left, a sweep to the right. They might go a couple dive plays up the middle, and it's basically just heave it up to your outside receiver and see if your outfit can go beat one of our guys. And so far, they've done that on the first two plays. Again, five wide receivers. Trips to the near side. Wide receiver motion across the field. Quarterback keeping going right up the middle. Bobby Lewis is going to be met at the line of scrimmage. 63, Eagle Hard, right there to make the tackle. Looks like they brought in number eight, Trey. Amarillo right there to uh, to get that like a little wildcat set right there with the running back in the backfield, just a direct snap, faked it to the uh, the wide receiver coming in motion with a little dive play right there, picked up about two or three yards to uh, set him up with a second and goal ball on the six-yard line. Barrios back at the quarterback spot, shotgun formation. Barrios looking, trying to get the slant pattern. He's going to overthrow his wide receiver, and number 24, race deal. Puts a hit on Bobby as he kind of up ends and rolls him over. Ray's deal coming in hot off the left side right there. Was able to, uh, you know, just disrupt, just, uh, disrupt that timing right there. It looked like he had a little guy open on the slant right there on the left side, and the ball was just thrown a little high because of the, the pressure by deal. So a good job getting in there and, uh, and breaking that one up. Second down for the uh, Coyotes. I'm sorry, third down and five, should I say, after the first play was a draw. And now we got trips to the uh, near side. Single wide out for the top, running back, chance to the left of Bobby. Looks like there may have been movement, but now they're going to try to hit the wide receiver in the corner end. We have far corner, but number 21, Philip Wisely, right there to break it up. And now we'll see the Coyotes bring in the special teams. Will they go for the uh, field goal and try to put some points on the board? And I believe they're winning. You can always tell when the kicker comes in because you can see the pretty shoes. Yeah, the, uh, 
That kicker number eighty, I believe his number is. Uh, got him on the on the roster there. Mike number eighty is Austin Perez. Before the the game over here, he kicked one from the forty yard line. It's about a fifty something yard field goal, so he's got a leg on him, and uh, I'll come in and try to put on three on the board. Austin Perez will kick number eighty. Waiting for the snap. Ball is resting. I can't see about the thirteen yard line. Strong kick, and that one's going to be through the upright. That twenty four yard kick. 24-yard field goal, 10-34 left to go in the opening quarter. Coyotes with a 3-0 lead over the Wildcats. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. 10-34, 24-yard field goal. What's his name? Austin. <laughs> Austin Perez. On the board. Is that the first points that we've given up on the opening drive this year to San Antonio Johnson? I think that's the first time, right? I'm correct. On the actual opening drive of the game. Yeah. 30 seconds. Gotcha. Good job. Oh, God, it's starting to get cold in here. Ten seconds. Five seconds. Austin Pettis tiptoeing up to the ball. Now it's a booming kick. High end of land kick. This is going to be taken inside the five yard line. Looks like it's going to be number five for Stitch. Trying to get around the outside. Trying to get around that edge. It's going to be hit. Met at the 20 yard line. Lunging forward. Ball comes loose. Do the Coyotes have it? Ball was on the ground waiting for the signal. There was only one other Wildcat there to, to uh, claim it, and it's going to be the Coyotes. Number 22 on the recovery boot, so not the start you want to have here when you come to the Coyote land, and now Justin Macias on the recovery. Once again, Mike, the, uh, the special team is coming back to bite us here early. You know, uh, when we played King, we opened up the, uh, the game and kickoff return and fumbled that one. I believe that was Gaddis this time for Chris trying to get around the left side and try to make a one more guy miss right there on the – on the left side, and the ball just squirted out right there, and Alice is able to pick it up. So they will take over at the 21-yard line of the cat. First down and 10 for the Coyotes. Shotgun formation. Barrios has four wide receivers lined up to his left. Single wide out, split to the right side. Looking downfield, it's going to be a quick pass, and it's going to be over the head of the wide receiver, number eight, for the intended receiver. That's uh, Trey Jaramillo, the intended receiver, incomplete. Came out with a quad. Look, Mike, they had four wide receivers out here to the left, one to the right. Tried to get a, uh, a little stop pattern right there to the left side. Sam Allen coming up and, uh, and kind of drawing that one loose, even though the ball was thrown a little bit high. So we'll fall incomplete. Going to set up a second and ten. Barrios goes over to the sideline, takes the uh, call from the coaching staff. Again, this is a new offense that's being run here by the Alice Coyotes. So many years, again, we saw, you know, Coach Sosa running that uh, – at this direction, kind of deceiving offense. That one's a little high, intended for number two. Byron is just missing on those tough throws. Uh, now, again, you kind of mentioned, he kind of heaves it up and just kind of hopes his receivers catch it. Don't see a lot of accuracy and, and uh, really setting up his feet and making that good throw like you know, like to see technically sound from the quarterback. Yeah, he wears number 10. He's wearing board orange with a white helmet. It kind of looks like uh, Vince Young a little bit in his early going. You know, it's just kind of kind of launching it up there. That time he missed his receiver high again. They went back to the same exact play with the four receivers to the left and uh, – 
little stop pattern right there in front of our safety, but the ball was thrown high again. I'm going to hit the uh, wide receiver and another ball. That ball, Duke, was about five feet. He jumped up, and that ball was nowhere close to the wide receiver. That is an absolutely brutal call right there, Mike. The ball was probably six or seven yards overthrown. It was just a little uh, seam route over there by the number three receiver. They had four out there to the left again. The number three receiver ran like a little wheel route going uh, to the backside of the, the left part of the end zone, and that ball was well overthrown. Looks like they're going to talk about it and see if they won't pick this one up, Mike. Let's hope he does. I think, what that was a play. Again, I think the referee is kind of saying it's uncatchable. So, there he is. He's going to flag it out. But it was just for that flag to come out of there. They had two, like there was two referees that threw it out there. So, it wasn't just one guy when the, uh, the uh, line judge over there threw his out. The back judge actually threw his out right after that. And, man, they, you could hear our coaching staff over here to the right side screaming up to trying to get through this, this uh, bulletproof glass we got in front of us. And, all the referees yeah. go over and talk to the coaching staff now. It's guys, the Duke, again, we're not exaggerating when we say the wide receiver jumped up. I mean, probably, I mean, I'm not going to say he had a 42-inch vertical leap, but he went up in the air, and that ball clearly was six, seven feet above his head. It's, you know, he's, Lawrence Mann was out there on coverage, and, and Lawrence runs about 6'2". The guy running at him was probably about 5'8", and Lawrence actually jumps higher than him, and the ball was still overthrown by about, you know, about four or five yards over Lawrence Mann. So that ball wasn't even close, and... It's just, uh, you know, it's surprising to have not one but two referees throw the flag on that play, but luckily the back uh, referee came over here and, and waved it off. You know, Bob Eucher in the uh, old movie, uh, what was that, uh, Major League, made a comment one time on that ball. That home run was hit. He would need a rocket launcher <laughs> to help get that ball. We're not going to record it exactly. No good. We said, Bob, that goes that far. I need a stewardess on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, again, that, uh, a good call, as the referees talked about it. Now we're going to see the uh, kicker come back out. That's Austin Pettis. And now Pettis is going to try a – this will be about a 37-yard field goal with a 10-12 uh, here in the, uh, in the game. 37-yard field goal. This one's uh, going to be wide left. So the defense does a great job. And the Wildcat officers come on the field. We're going to take a quick break. 10-08 left to go here in the first quarter. Uh, Alice Coyotes 3, Wildcat 0. We'll be back on 1360 KKCS. Clear. 30 seconds. Just trying to get a commercial. What was that, a 37-yard record? All right, 30 seconds. 37-yard field goal. No good. Wide. <laughs> Left. 10 08. What are we on? 21. 10 seconds. Perfect. Five seconds. Perfect. Shotgun formation. Gage Lamb turns around, hands it off to number one. Coming around the outside is John Gaddis. Gaddis trying to get around the outside edge, and he's going to be pushed out of bounds. Uh, after the uh, 37-yard field goal is wide left for the Coyotes, Wildcat offense comes on the field for the first time tonight, taking over on the 21-yard line. Shotgun formation, Wildcats uh, coming out with their quarterback, number eight, Gage Lamb, and uh, Duke, uh, so far early on, a couple of uh, miscues by the Wildcats, a big defensive penalty, uh, the uh, Coyotes' great field position, then the uh, fumbled kick return by Chris, the defense able to hold and only give up three points with 10-0-1 left here in the first quarter. Wildcats come in, late player coming on the field, and now a timeout going to be taken by the Wildcats. If they take a timeout, we'll take one with them. Ten minutes. One second left to go in the first quarter. Wildcats trailing 3-0 to zero to the Coyotes. We'll be back on 1360 KKTX. 
clear. What's another 30? Another 30. All right, guys, are you getting cold or is it just me? Can you get that? No, I'm asking. Oh, no, I'm no, I tell you. Yeah. Can you? Oh. Five seconds. Shotgun formation, Gage Lamb has trips to the near side. Hands off to his running back. Coming around the near side is Alec Brown. Brown coming to the edge yard stick. And there you go. There should be a thing. Coaching staff to the right, thinking the same thing I was thinking. Alec Brown was tackled about five yards out of bounds. But not only was he pushed out of bounds, but you could see about three yards out. He was kind of spun, kind of, I would say, thrown to the ground. But uh, it looked like we were going to get a penalty out of that one. Really surprised we did. He was kind of slung over here on the. Like you said, about two or three yards out of bounds, slinging them into uh, our bench over here. Didn't get the, the penalty on that one. They came out with a trip set, just a little replay over to the left side. Brown doing a good job picking up about seven for that first down. Opened up, wide up, looks to the near side. Quarterback keeper, Gage Lamb, going right up the middle. He's going to be hit at about the, uh, about the 30, maybe the 33-yard line. Minimal gain on the play. We'll call it maybe a half yard on the play. There is a flag on the play coming from the uh, far we have far line judge, and uh, now he will pick it up. Is it going to be maybe uh, lined up in the neutral zone? I can't really tell what they're calling here. If the referee's going to call, he's going to call. It's that same line judge, Mike. He might he be from Alice. Did he call Holden? Yeah, he might be from huh? Alice. I'm yeah. not sure. It's, uh, you know, every time we come over here, we, we always warn our kids, you know, make sure you're, you're inside the shoulder pads, make sure you don't get anything close because, like you said, you know, he's kind of been uh, – <laughs> he hasn't been hesitant at all to bring that flag out the second time. Call yeah. from the field, uh, the sideline judge is very, very unrare. Normally, holding calls come from your umpire and your referee. I was a little shocked. I just thought it was going to be somebody lined up in the neutral zone, or you know, the penalty wasn't blown. Gage Lamb would be a pass. That one's complete. Looks like it's going to be uh, Weishart. Weishart will pick up the uh, ten yards loss and an additional about thirteen. And the chains will move up to the 45-yard line. Good job out of the 23, Austin Weishart. Good execution right there by the cow on offense. Just one with that little uh, that replay to the right side. It's the uh, it's a run-pass option right there. That time he Gage Lamb did a good job pulling it and just hitting his, his quick wide receiver right there, number 23, Austin Weishart, and uh, made a couple guys miss and picked up that first down. First down with 10, ball resting at the 46. Nine minutes, 15 seconds left in the opening quarter. Alec Brown stands to the left. Thank you, Brown. Lamb with the uh, stiff arm trying to get around the outside edge, and he's not going to get it. He's going to be pushed out of bounds for about a four-yard loss. He'll bring up second down and 14. Nice job there by the uh, defense for the uh, Coyotes. It's two times Mike here earlier that we've had the uh, little replay. Both times the gauges kept it. I, I feel like he could have given it that time. It was just a, uh, a guard and tackle pull to the right side, and he's got the option. That time he pulled it. He, they had actually two guys on block over here to the left side. So when he got past the first guy, there was another guy just waiting for him right there. And, Dropped, dropped him back for about a five-yard loss, so I would have liked to, uh, to see him give that one right there. Second down, we'll call it 14 to go. I'll catch with the four wide receivers. Twins split to each side. Lamb looking downfield. Looking for his wide out. It's going to be caught. Looks like uh, Colton Duff, number 10, is going to have it on the 49-yard line of the Coyotes. So it'll be about a nine-yard gain on the play. We'll bring up, uh, we'll call it third down and five. It's a really clean route right there by, by Duff over here. Just a 10-yard out right there. Did a good job getting this guy. Like, act like he was going to uh, the middle of the field, got his hips turned right there, and got open on the left side. And a good ball right there 
by Gabe Loon getting up to him right on the sideline to pick up uh, about 10 yards. So it's going to be about a third and five here. Shotgun formation. Eight to Brown, quarterback keeper, Lamb, lunging forward. Lamb's going to be brought down at about the 45. He's going to be about a yard and a half short of the first down, Duke, right here in front of us. Uh, now, interesting call for the Wildcats. Do you go forward or do you uh, try to get to uh, work the field position and kick him, pin him deep? Well, Coach didn't hesitate here. He's going to go for it, bringing uh, Duff in with the play call here. You know, they every time we go trips, they reach the right side. They're bringing a bunch of heat off of uh, off the edges. Looks like we might. Call a timeout here, though, Mike. We're going to think about it. Timeout on the field. Wildcats trailing 3-0. to zero, Eight minutes and 32 seconds left to go in this opening quarter. We'll be back with more Wildcats football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Give us 30 seconds. 30 seconds. All right. 30 seconds. Get ready. I literally talked about that today at work. I told the guy, I said, yeah, we got to go to Alice. He said, got to get us. Well, it's always not, not just Alice we have to play. I said, we got to play the five guys in stripes. Already. Yeah. And it goes from junior high all the way to Friday night football. So it's just tough to, tough to match up, and you had to play an extra five guys. Ten seconds. We're going to start talking, Brian. All right. Abe's Lamb hands it off. Left side, Hawkins has some room. He's got the 30, 35, 30, nothing but green grass in front of him. And that's Alec Brown, number 40, not 22. But Alec Brown takes it to the house. 46-yard touchdown run for number 40. Alec Brown, untouched. Cool as a cucumber on the left side. He brought Bush over here to the near side. I believe that play was actually set up to go inside, and when uh, the outside linebacker just blitzed off the edge, we, we picked him up good on a, on a wall down right there, and there was nobody out here on the left side. Like you said, untouched, going down the sideline for a touchdown. That's A.J. Brown. He did a really good job beating that. Like I said, I think he was going right up the middle with that one, and when everybody shot down, he just got out to the left side, and nobody was out there. Grant Gonzalez, left-footed kickers, high snap. Gonzalez with the kick. This one's strong enough. It's straight enough. It's through the uprights. Wildcats, seven. Coyotes 3. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. All right, this is the last break we got here for the first quarter. Okay, we've only got, well, dang, we're already 823, so we'll do some talking. We're going to check in with you here shortly. After the kickoff, we're going to keep it right here. And uh, can you uh, pull up the internet, see if you got any scores for us? All right. Thirty seconds. We're going to start talking, Brian, and we'll lead you in. Steamy at five when we're ready. All right. Deep kick by Gonzalez. This one's going to be taken at the 12. Escobar hands it off. Derek Escobar gives it to number 24, coming around the left side. And a penalty coming in late. It's going to be against the Coyotes. Number 24 on the return is Daniel Galista. 
And uh, it was kind of a, a little reverse there from Escobar to Galista with the penalty coming out at about the 27-yard line. He's just going to bring that one back to the yard. Some big hits on that one, Mike. We had a uh, – looked like a lot more came down and, and laid the foot on somebody and knocked him down. It might have been might have been celebrating, celebrating his big hit, turned around and got smacked himself. And then it looks like uh, Brent Gomez was the one that took the brunt of that penalty right there. Got got blocked in the back and he kind of got up a little, little gingerly looking at his shoulder right now, I believe Doc is. And, no, it's never good to see that, especially on a penalty like that when uh, the kid has no idea it's coming. Kyle just started this drive on the 18-yard line. First down and 10. They trail now 7-3 to the Wildcats after the uh, 46-yard run by Alec Brown. Four wide receivers lined up to the left. Pressure coming around the outside. Broaden chasing. Broaden still. Broaden ball comes in. Wildcats are going to pick it up and take it in the that's uh, who turns things like that. That's uh, Casey Lomani. I mean, yeah. I Big Casey Lomani. That's a dream come true for the big liner. Takes it into the end zone, but Broughton stayed on and Broughton hustled. Broughton brought the quarterback down inside the two or three yard line. Ball came loose from Bodhurst, and the Wildcat defender, the uh, big PNT, picks it up and takes it into the end zone. Number 53 on the one yard. Fumble return into the end zone. Wildcats 13 to 3. But the point after coming up from Gonzalez. Body was just trying to do a little bit too much there, Mike. He had, uh, he had four guys in his face. Just kind of went away to the left. If he could have just thrown that ball away and then for another down. But he tried to actually turn back around over here to the right side. And when he did, Broughton just met him right there and stripped the ball. And like you said, Big KC and jumped out in the end zone. Gonzalez with the point after. Through the outright. Gives the Wildcats a 14-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes. I'm the Chief of Memorial Stadium. Our Rabelais INE scoreboard has the Wildcats 13 to 3. We're going to check in with our producer, Brian Katana. Brian, let's see what type of scores we've got from around the area. What do you got for us? Right now, Ray Texans are leading the Roy Miller Buccaneers 8 to 0 in the first quarter. Also, in the first quarter, the Toloso Midway Warriors are trailing the Gregory Porter Wildcats. The Wildcats are leading 7 to 0. Also, the King Mustangs. Um, the King Mustangs are leading the Moody Trojans 14-0 to in the first quarter. And the Aransas Pass Panthers are leading the Ingleside Mustangs 7-0, to also in the first quarter. Back to you, Mike. All right, that's uh, producer Brian Catano helping us out on our Rabelais Pioneer Scoreboard. Thank you, Brian, helping us out with scores from all around the area. Right here from Memorial Stadium, Miles Broughton with a big sack on Barrios. Barrios lost the ball. The uh, defensive lineman's dream, uh, number 53, is Casey Lombardi. He picks it up at the one-yard line. I don't want to say he ran into the end zone. He almost kind of fell into the end zone, but gives the Wildcats a 14-3 lead. Gonzalez, a little short kick. It's going to be taken down to the 11. Try to go around the outside. Breaks the tackle. Still on his feet. Lunging forward. Now hit. Bounces around. And finally going to be brought down. Looks like number 10. Colton Duff. Is that number 9 again? Is that Gomez? Is that number 3? I can't tell if that's 9 or 3. It's like number 3, I believe. Yeah, yeah number one, 1 for long. Coming in also getting the uh, assist on the tackle. So the Wildcats special teams. Uh, give up a minute of return after the short kick from Gonzalez. So the Coyotes will start first down and 10 at the 30-yard line. So defense making an impact again here early, Duke. Uh, we've seen the, uh, you know, the special teams fumble. They uh, were able to hold and give up any points. And Walker uh, starting to wake up a little bit here. Again, not a huge crowd from the Alice Coyotes across the field. Again, we'll say we a little bit more than half full now than when it was at game time. Friday night football from Memorial Stadium. Shotgun formation, Coyotes, 758. They'll start this drive. We'll call it about the 29-yard line. Barrios with the pass. It's going to be complete. Coming up, and uh, defenders coming up quick. Uh, Lawrence Mann on the initial coverage. He got some help from his uh, secondary guys quickly. So 
Maybe it was spotted there, Mike. I didn't think he got to the 40 right there, but they were getting the first down. It's interesting, Mike, you know, they come out with the uh, with the trip set, and I think the last five or six plays, they're coming out with that, that quad, like with four wide receivers out to the left. And I don't believe they have a, a rushing attempt this far. Do they, Mike? No, this is a little draw. A little wildcat draw they had from their uh, the number eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, when they brought in that uh, the wildcat looking now. Yeah. That was a five-yard gain they had, and uh, – the Iowa's using the uh, big poster boards. We talked about that what, it was a couple of weeks ago in the uh, flyer uh, GP. Kind of they had the hand signals to the uh, big. I don't want to say flashcards because they're bigger than the flashcards. Almost like a poster-sized board across the field for us. Shotgun formation. Bobby looking, trying to hit the quick slant. Hits his wide receiver number three, lunging forward, and he's going to have enough for the first down. That's R.J. Galvan on the reception for the Alex Coyotes. Takes it out over the uh, 50-yard line, enough to move the chain. I can see kind of what the uh, the Alice coaching staff is looking at over there. They were, we're giving them a, uh, a basically a man look, and it's, it's like a man zone almost. Looks like we're manning up on the outside two guys and, uh, and running a little cover two look with the with the safety and the inside linebacker deal. And they're just going back to that little a little slant route, a little hitch route, everything like that, just trying to hit it, pop it underneath and see what they can get. And that's basically ended up working for a uh, almost like a like a rushing play. You know, they're just hitting it out there quick and see what they can get. Two first downs for the Coyotes in this drive. Trying to break the middle is Fabio. Fabio is going to be met right in the middle. But I'm trying to see who that is in the bottom of the problem. Maybe uh, Broaden. Is that Broaden? 45 again, leading the quarterback, Bodwick. And uh, second time, it's that Broaden has introduced himself to Bodwick. I don't think he needed a second introduction. Yeah, that time we see the drop there. Uh, trying to go to the right side. Broaden just getting off his defender quick right there and coming up and meeting Body else in the backfield. Bodwick. What his class is? What is he do? Can you help me out there? The junior, junior quarterback, uh, rolling over to his left side. That one's uh, going to bring up a third down and long for the uh, Coyotes. Looks he may have lost a yard on the play, trying to roll around the left side. Third down and eleven. We are in the opening quarter. Wildcats with a fourteen to three lead over the Alice Coyotes. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us on a Friday night. Coming up on the eight o'clock hour. We still have six minutes left to go here in this opening quarter. Five and a half minutes into the game, Mike. I'm sitting looking at uh, Panda Express, Taco Bell, and Whataburger all calling my name. <laughs> Shotgun formation. Bobby is looking, trying to hit his wide receiver on the far side. Lunge on the back uh, shoulder throw. Trying to hit number 11, Isaac Hernandez. That was going to drop in complete, and it's going to bring up a fourth down and long for the Coyotes. And the uh, special teams will check in, and there uh, should be a punt coming up. 23, Austin Weishardt will come in and uh, try to see is that the, the punter looks like it's going to be 25? 29. 29. 29. We'll do the other number 29 over here, Alejandro Gonzalez. Alejandro. Man. There you go, man. I'm working it. <laughs> working it. Actually, we'll be proud of you. <laughs> Alejandro. Running from the 40 yard line, Weishardt stands inside his 20. Only about 10 yards deep. Oh, Rodden almost got there. This is going to bounce at the 25 and just almost kind of stopped there. Well, it's like he kicked it between his legs. I thought Rodden just had a, a straight laser on him. I don't think Rodden didn't want to run into him, but he really had a nice shot at blocking that punt. Five minutes, 56 seconds. We'll have to go here in the opening quarter. Wildcats with a 14-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes, and they will start this drive uh, at the 24-yard line. Ball resting the right in between the two hash marks, Wildcat driving from right to left. The formation we came out here, Mike, that, uh, that power play was pretty 
pretty easy for us. We're going to come out with our heavy set. We're going to have uh, Cade and Floyd split out here to the left with Hawkins and Brown in the backfield along with Gage Lamb. Two tight ends set. Gage Lamb under center. And uh, now we'll have a flag come out from the uh, side judge. I believe that was Rojas there, Mike. He just uh, jumped the gun a little bit trying to get a, a head start right there. Number big, big number 78, my big, uh, my sophomore that played for me last year just uh, kind of came out of the box a little earlier. You know, take him out of the game here, Mike. 74, Weston Julie will check in for uh, the young man. Again, only a sophomore, but uh, again, underneath the Friday Night Lights, just a little excited, but the young man's done a great job for this offensive line throughout the year. First down and 15. Lamb under center. Toss sweep coming around the near side. Lamb leading the way. Got some running room. Brown on the way again. Brown's got some running room. Only one man to beat Gage Lamb. Trips on the carpet, but A.J. Brown is not. A.J. Brown, 81 yards to the house. Gage Lamb pointing at the carpet, trying to find out who tackled him, but he's not going to find out. Brown, 81 yards in the green zone. That left side, Mike, that's, that's two plays in a row that we've uh, They've come out with that motion to the left side. They're not, they're not motioning with us at all. They're not moving out anything right there. And it's just an easy wall down that time. We just went with a pitch play to the left side. And once we get that one guy blocked, you know, it's, it's, it's to the house. They have everybody over there to the right side with their Z-back. When we brought them over in motion, nobody moves. So we just wall them all down and go to the house. Now, Coach, the ball, the scoreboard says 19. I had the 24. With the 19 or 24 where that drive started? It's, no, I thought it started on the 24. I'm talking about it was a five-yard penalty. Oh, okay. You're right. So, 81-yard run. It was. You're right. 81-yard touchdown run for Alec Brown. Wildcats with the extra point coming up, leading 20-3. to But what a beautiful run. Untouched again. Nobody touched him. Had his quarterback, Gage Lamb, leading the way. He was in front of him. And he cut it back to the middle of the field. Only one man was there to, to possibly make the play. It was number one, Mario Guerra. And uh, Brown was able to pull away. And uh, he took it into the house, 81 yards later. Now the kicker's going to that uh, we're not going to try the extra point. They had a penalty there, Mike. So we're going to the ball set at about the one and a half yard line. So they're going to bring the offense back on the field for this uh, two point conversion. 81. I'm sorry, 42. Drew Romano also going to check in the backfield for the Wildcats. After distance to the goal, puts the ball inside the two, about the one and a half. A slam under center. Romero, motions across the line of scrimmage. And off to the left side, and uh, it's going to be Matt. And uh, Coyote defense will hold them on the two-point conversion. But with 5.42 left to go, the Wildcats leading 20-3 to over the Alice Coyotes. Alec Brown picking up something. I guess that's his towel off the carpet. But Duke, uh, a little bit about that play. You saw it. You saw something on the previous drive. You said, are we going to go back to it? Came out with that same set, came around that same left side, 81 yards later, Alec Brown has his uh, second touchdown of the night. Yeah, it's pretty easy to see, Mike, when uh, when you come up as a, as a tight end right down on the left side, you can call a nine or a seven. If he's a nine, he's on your left shoulder. If he's a seven, he's on the right. And that time, he was lined up in a seven. The only person outside of the tight end was a corner. So we wall that guy down. We pick up uh, we pick up that corner with our pulling guard or our tailback or – Basically, our quarterback, anybody, really, we got four guys or three guys going to, to block one. So, if we get past that one corner, there's nobody else over here. And uh, Coach Dan Harris saw the same thing. You know, on that first that first play that we ran, I think it was a, a dive with the middle. We just busted it outside to the left side. That time we came back and just went to the outside. And uh, like you said, nobody was there. And we went untouched for another score. 
Gonzalez, high end up ring kick. This one's going to bounce at the 15. Going to be taken by number 24 at about the 5. Coming around the new side. And, wow, Wildcat players. It's got to be a block in the back. He's players falling forward. Uh, and both players looking back like, hey, where's the flag? Because you saw two special team players from the Wildcats running downfield, and all of a sudden you could just see him tumbling forward. <laughs> number 30 right here, Ty Kate is just livid. He's got his hands in the air looking at the coaching staff saying, hey, help me out a little bit. He was coming down. Looked like he was going to make the tackle and was just pushed right in the back, right in front of the referee. But the referee kept that one in his pocket. But I'm glad I wasn't the other one. Yeah, there were two of them that went down like that. So, just sledding there for Ty Kate. <laughs> First down and 10 for the Coyotes. They're going to spot the ball and we'll call it the 15 yard line. They remain in shotgun formation. Four wide receivers lined up to the left. Single wide up to the near side. Bottle is with a quick pass into the far flat and receiver will take it out to about the 22 yard line. We'll call it about a seven yard gain. They're going to come out in that, Mike. They only really have about two plays they can do. It's a little hitch out right there or a hitch and go. Most of the time, they're going to run that hitch or run a slant and then maybe try to get over the top. But, man, there's uh, – looking over here at Forrest Chris, he's been manned up on the receiver side, receiver side, and the receiver isn't even getting off the line. Forrest is doing a really good job jamming his guy at the line and not letting him get downfield. Timeout taken by the Wildcats. We still have five minutes left to go here in the opening quarter. Coming to you from Memorial Stadium, Wildcats with a 20-3 lead over the Halifax. Pats. Again, we're quickly we're going to check in. We'll do our – uh, our uh, longtime boosters. These are all boosters that have supported our program for over 10 years. I'd like to thank uh, Remax Associates. How about Bill Miller Barbecue? Uh, the Kevin Mahaney family. Security Storage and Jack Taylor Insurance. Cameron uh, Custom Homes, HEB. Uh, Charles R. Butler, the attorney. Five Points Chiropractic and Dr. Sam Gordon, a former alumni of the Kellogg Wildcats. I'd also like to thank Stephen and Shelly Floyd, Barbara's Flowers and Gifts. Dr. David Pierce. Again, all of these are boosters that have supported the program for over 10 years, and you've got to give David Pierce credit. 26 years of uh, supporting these Wildcats. Again, it's just a great, great uh, support for these guys. The Wildcats also like to thank Nolan's uh, Poor Boys, Trout Trucking, uh, you know, the Navy Army Community Center, Charles R. Butler, Attorney at Law. There's so many people, Power Repair Service, Barbara's Flowers and Gifts, all proud sponsors of the Wildcats. Backside, shoulder throw. Looks like uh, trying to see who's on the far. That's Lawrence Mann, number seven, on the coverage. And the ball's going to drop incomplete. And, uh, again, dude, here we are, 35 minutes in the game. We still have five minutes remaining here in this opening quarter. Yeah, you know, the Alice Coyotes, like we said, they've, they've had two running plays. So they've passed the ball about 95% of the time tonight. We've called three timeouts in the first quarter. So only five minutes have came off the clock. That time, just like I said, they went back to that same set. And uh, they faked a little hitch out right there and tried to go over the top to the wide receiver. But Lawrence Mann did a good job of sticking his hand in there and breaking that one up. Running play. Only the second one of the night or third one of the night for the uh, Coyotes. Coming up to make the play for the uh, defense. The number one, John Gaddis, coming up from the safety spot, leading that uh, running back. Very minimal gain on the play. Maybe a yard. It's going to bring up fourth down, and we'll call it a long three for the Coyotes. That's going to bring in number 23. Austin Weishard. Let's see if Broughton doesn't put in a little harder on this uh, on this punt. He had a really good shot of blocking the last one. Kind of, you can see him kind of pull back a little bit, not wanting to run into the uh, punter. And the, uh, the punter was going to be Alejandro. Couldn't, you couldn't help me out with that last name, Duke. I was trying to write it. Uh, which one is number 20? Rugby style kick. Weishard. 
going to let it roll, and it's going to roll inside the 45. Uh, we have number 29. It was Alejandro Gonzalez. Gonzalez, there you go. Alejandro Gonzalez on the front for the Coyotes, uh, and he gets a nice little rugby-style punt. Bounces at about the 50, takes a nice roll. Weishardt kind of backed up on it. Gave it about an extra eight, nine yards uh, roll on the play. But with four minutes and nine seconds left to go here in the opening quarter, the Wildcat offense will come back on the field. See the Coyotes make the adjustment. They can see if they can. On the two-point division, Mike, they did bring about two or three guys over here to the left side away from our Z-bag. We brought the, uh, brought the motion to that side. Looks like they're going to do it right here, Mike. They got two extra guys over here to the left side. Our Z-bag's actually on the, on the right. See if we bring the motion or not here. Coach Jan and her smart going back to the uh, to the right side after they overload that left side going on the, the sweep way to Hawkins, but he will be stopped for about a hard game. I can't see not much, not yeah. much at all. Maybe they, uh, they may give him the line of scrimmage. Quickly, we're going to get to the Wildcat office. We even have a shot. The uh, front line for the Wildcats, Kenners, Ryan Everett, your guards, Carson Tint, Derek Rojas. Rojas, uh, we saw him come out of the last play. Tackles are Duke Waddell and Weston Julek uh, for the Wildcats. In the backfield, we've had number 40, Alex Brown, 22, Hawkins. And uh, split wide to the near side is number 10, Colton Duff. 42, Derek Clemetto playing the Z-back spot. This time it's Gates Lamb on the keeper. Lamb comes around the left side. Midfield, 45, 40, cuts it back across, has the block, steps on a dime, lunges forward to about the 32. They had a little bit more running room over here to the left. Mike probably could have picked up about another six or seven yards, but... They tried to give a little uh, little shimmy over there to the right side and was able to – the uh, Alice defender was able to get him by the knees right there. I would have liked him to, you know, just keep going on the left side, see if you can't just bowl over one of those guys who has a smaller defender. and You know, maybe you can just bowl over him and keep going. But it will be a good pickup right there by Gates Lamb. About a 15, 20-yard gain right there to pick up another first down. Defensively for the Alice Titans, he had those guards, Javier Johnson. Defensive tackles, Gilbert Bernal and Robert Montalvo. Linebackers, Mark Garcia, Manuel Garcia, Andrew Silva, and A.J. Rosales. In the secondary, your corners, Aaron Martinez, Mario Guerra. Your safeties are Derek Escobar and R.J. Galvan. Flag on the play. It's going to be a legal procedure. Paul start against the Wildcats. It's going to be another five-yard penalty. You know, the last couple of weeks, we've played some pretty clean football. So now we've had a couple of false starts already. Pass interference. Um, Early on, again, so I think we got about three penalties against this Wildcat offense. But, uh, is that the fourth one? Fourth one of the night, uh, being correct. That's why we got the uh, specialist, our uh, statistician, keeping us in line. The man over here. Yeah, he just kicks fingers at us. He doesn't he don't talk. He just doesn't say nothing. Tell you what, anybody that has more than two pencils, I, I got to give them respect. Coach so. <laughs> Buddington did an outstanding job to our left hand side, helping us for many years. Little dive play right there to the right side. Looks like uh, Hawkins, and looks like very well is going to come off the field getting the getting the air flow from Coach Fowler right there. Looks like he didn't pull when he was supposed to right there. The uh, I believe it was a trap just right there to the right side, and we didn't have a trap man right there, so the guy was just sitting there waiting for the tackle, waiting for the tackle. Fowler does a great job with this offensive line. Well, is only a sophomore, so anytime you come off the field and you get uh, a little bit of constructive criticism, you just take it with a grain of salt and try to work to get better. Quarterback keeper, Gage Lamb, keeps it right side, 30, lunging forward, also spitting. I thought, I thought he had handed the ball off, Coach Duke. I didn't even realize he still had it. So, you know, I think he was, it was just a little play fake back here. I, I've been watching Duff over here with his man coverage on the left side, and that time he actually came off the ball like he was going for a vertical ride. It might have been a pass and when they were doing the uh, the play fake in the backfield. It, it, it looked like he juggled the ball a little bit and just picked up what he could. It might have been a, might have been a, 
a pass over here, but like you said, he kind of just went over to his right side and, and lost his footing, but he did pick up about six yards. It's going to set us up with a third and about seven here. Ball just inside the Al's 30-yard line. See if we go back to that pass here, Mike. Colton drops, split wide to the near side. Number one on the coverage is Mario Guerra. Dropping back is Lamb looking for him. Now he's going to dump it off, looking for his wide receiver, Duff. Duff. Jump up for it, but again, just way over the head of the wide receiver, number 10, Colton Duff. It's a rough play call right there, Mike. He's, he's lined up. We're on the right hash right now, and Duff's over here on the numbers. Runs a about a five- or six-yard out right there. So it ends up being like a 30-yard throw for a five-yard gain. That ball was just overthrown a little bit over the head of Duff, and it's going to set us up on the fourth down. And just a very tough play for not only the quarterback, but again, ball resting on the far hash mark. A long throw for that quarterback, number eight, Gates Lamb. Colton down. Split wide on your side again. Slides, motions across the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry, that's Romero. Gates Lamb looking down. Throw has pressure. Out going to step up. Got pressure. Kind of tosses it over. It's going to be an incomplete pass. And Gates Lamb is met in the back there by the Coyote defense. And the defense for the Coyotes will hold tonight for the first time. With under one minute to play, Wildcats leading 20-3 to over the Coyotes. Yeah, that's how we went back to the uh, little play-action pass. We had Duff over here on the left side trying to get on, on a uh, either a slant or a post route over the middle, and looked like the Dallas defender had a pretty good grasp of his uh, the front of his jersey right there, but it wasn't called. He was trying to get off into that route, and he could never could and never developed, and Gage had nowhere to go with the ball, so he just tried to take it on the left side and then tried to flip it out to his tailback over there and kind of underhand tossed it, and when he, when he did that, they they – it was a, a pass play right there, so they'll, they'll call it incomplete and give uh, Alice the first down. First down at 10, ball at the 28-yard line. Adios hands it off to his running back, going right up the middle, hit after a game of about six yards in the play. It'll bring up, a, we'll call it second down and four. So I Mike, a rhythm play right there to the right side, going to pick up about five yards. Looks like Alice is going to have a player down here. What a helmet on the field. And as old John Madden would say, good thing the head isn't still in the helmet. We're going to take a break. There's 46 seconds left to go in this first quarter. Wildcats leading 20 to 3 over the Dallas Coyotes. We'll be back with more Wildcats football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Man, this first quarter is drug on forever. Coach Billy John would say 10:30 offense. Fifteen seconds. Five seconds. Perfect. Oh, came off the field. Bodies has pressure. Bodies is going to be in the backfield. Broaden again. Leading up with the quarterback, about, uh, we'll call it about seven yards deep, is going to bring up a third down and 11. Barrios was looking over here to the right side, over to the uh, wide receivers, but 
Rodman in a hurry to, to get him down with the sack. He's putting a hurting on over over there, the right tackle, number 77, Omar Carrillo. And he's like, <laughs> he's making him look like the Davion Clowney over there, just coming hot off the edge. And looked like he didn't even really touch him right there. Rodman just came up and, and crushed the quarterback right there. That's going to be the end of the first quarter. Wildcats leading 20-3 over the Alice Coyotes. We'll be back after this quick break. You're listening to Calendar Wildcats football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. 30 seconds, brother. 30 seconds, and we're going to check in with you at the scoreboard. Ten seconds. Five seconds. Perfect timing, man. All right, the first quarter has come to an end. The Wildcats with a 20-12 to lead over the Alice Coyotes. Two touchdowns for Alec Brown, one of them a 46-yard run, the other an 81-yard run. Then the uh, fumble recovery by the uh, big defensive tach- uh, tackle, Casey Lamotti. And the Wildcats went for two-point conversion after the penalty. They were unsuccessful. They lead these Coyotes 20-3. Coyotes now switch sides. They're not driving right to left across your radio dial. Shotgun formation. Bobbius looking. He's going to try to hit his wide receiver across the middle of the field. Right there on the coverage is number 24, Race Deal. Number three, looking for a flag. That was just great coverage by Race Deal. Ask intended to number three, R.J. Galvan. Really good coverage right there, but you know, he, uh, like the wide receiver tried to take him out to the right a little bit, get on a, on a post pattern over the middle of the field, and Bill was all over it right there in his back pocket and got his hand in there and knocked that one away. So it'll set up a fourth down for the Alice Coyotes, and they will bring their punt team on the field. You know, uh, kind of celebrating after that, the end of the first quarter, taking taking about 40 minutes, and then we look up and five seconds have come off the clock again. Like, <laughs> yeah, five seconds, exactly. Man. They just... It didn't take long to throw the ball. I think the deep breaks in the first drive, they gone to about 60 yards. They got the penalty. Clock on away. This time we do get it. 36. Is that, is that Thomas with the block? And he picks it up. And he's going to try to run before it. But uh, it's a great job by number 36. Keith Thomas, who last week, he just mentioned, was the player of the week. This time getting in there. Broaden kind of maybe uh, gave a little something, a little light. They came in hard. And Thomas with the uh, block punt. Mr. Texas football of the week right there coming up. And, Making a block, he might have blocked that one with his right knee. I think, Mike, he was <laughs> untouched off the right side right there, and uh, was just unabated to the to the punter right there, and jumped up as high as he could, and almost jumped over the punter right there, and was able to block it. I, I believe it was with his knee or his shin or something like that. Was able to pick it up and pick up a couple of yards, but another another great job there by uh, by our linebackers coming up and applying the pressure on the punt. First down and ten is at the 19 yard line. Wildcats two tight ends set. Toss straight to Alec Brown. Alec Brown going on the left side. He's going to be met in the uh, line of scrimmage by the uh, Coyotes defense. Nice job by the uh, like the linebacker, number 33, for the Coyotes, along with number 50, getting there to make a tackle. Yep, big number 50 right there, Gilbert, Gilbert Bernal, coming up and making the stop right there. Kind of got a little bit lower than, uh, than Brown did and drove him back right there. Only got back to the line of scrimmage, so they'll set up a second and ten. Wildcats with a two tight end set. James Lamb is your quarterback. Wildcats leading 23. We're going to check in here shortly with our producer, Brian Katana, on our Rabelais Pioneer scoreboard. Toss to the near side again. 
Coyotes, number 50, in the back. We're going to check in with Brian on our Rabelais Ionian scoreboard. Brian, what do you have for us? Right now, the Jordanton, Jordanton Indians are in the second quarter with the Mathis Pirates. They're trailing the Pirates 7-20. to 20. Uh, in the first, in the first quarter, the Toloso Midway Warriors are still trailing the Gregory Portland Wildcats, twenty-seven to zero. See here, in the second quarter, the Refugio Bobcats are are leading the Kennedy Lions, fourteen to zero. And also in the second quarter, the London Pirates and the Benketti Bulldogs are tied at seven apiece. Back to you, Mike. Finally, we see that wide receiver, number 82, in the fourth quarter of the end zone. That's uh, Jackson Lamb, but the uh, ball was overthrown, and the drop incomplete for the Wildcats. It's going to get a fourth down and 15 for this Wildcat offense. That's the second or third time we tried to hit Lamb in the past couple of weeks. I thought he ran a high corner over there to the left side, but it was wide open. The ball, actually, I don't think it might have been as overthrown as it looked right there, Mike. It kind of just went straight through his hands. When Lanham hit the ground right there, he kept his head in the dirt for a little bit, thinking, uh, thinking he would love to have that one back. Really good job by Gage Lamb getting getting some depth over there to the left side. Saw him the entire way, and, you know, the ball just went straight through his hands. We're going to set up a fourth and long here for the Cats. We're going to keep the offense on the field. Inside and set. Gage Lamb looking. Looking downfield, trying to hit his wide receiver, and it's going to be caught, and it's going to be short of the first down. It's going to step out of bounds inside the 15. Second time not, the Coyotes on back-to-back drives and held this uh, Wildcat offense, Luke. Yeah, that time we had uh, two guys going over the middle of the field. We had a, a post on the backside and a high corner over here on the near side, and that was covered well by the Alice Coyotes, so we just had to drop it underneath, take what they, uh, they gave us. And it was just a little bit too late. I think uh, Gage, you know, was, was thinking in the back of his head he needed to pick up that first down and kind of just held on to it a little bit long and was able to, to complete the pass, but when it was completed, he was right there on the, on the sidelines. So he had nowhere to go and just kept that a bounce short of the first down. First down and 15 for the Alice Coyotes. Shotgun formation will be for Barrios. Again, they stay with the uh, four wide receivers. Twins split to each side. Running back lines up to the uh, right-hand side of Barrios. Right there was some movement. No penalty on the play. Alice play to number three. And uh, number three is going to take it out for about uh, a nine to ten-yard game. Dude, there was a lot of movement on that play. No flag coming out at all. You know, we're thinking the same thing as our cooking set over here. You can see him yelling. That's a, that's a false start. That's a false start. And, once again, that line judge, you know, just uh, kind of, like you said, you know, it's kind of hard to, to fight the, the other five guys in, in black and white tonight. But that time they had, a, looked like a two or three guys take off before the snap of the ball that time, and nobody called it and ended up giving Alice a first down because they got a little head start on that play. Yeah, over the years, we've seen, um, you know, just again, just being part of this program, how tough it is to come into Alice. And, and it goes all the way down to junior high level because, Duke, uh, uh, you were part of this program, and, and it's a running joke, not only for, for the Cowboys, anybody that comes in Alice. It's a tough, tough place to play. Not only because of the great, uh, you know, they have a great team across the field. they got some good athletes. It seems like you always have to play additional staffing, should I say. i got to be careful on how I say it. But uh, it's just a tough, uh, a tough place to come in and play. It's a great community. They have great fan support. You can see some people still filing in. Uh, but it's just always tough. We've seen some questionable calls tonight. Uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, it's, uh, you know, we've seen some, some obvious block in the back that haven't been called. We've seen some uh, false starts that haven't been called. And within a pass interference that was called, it, uh, literally the flag was picked up. Just some uh, very deliberate non-call. That time, Mike, they had a, a double set. We brought a heavy blitz right there. I think we brought about six or seven right there. We were able to get into the quarterback's face. He got the ball out, and it 
fell off. I think Gaddis yeah. was the first one to get his hands in there. Then it went off Gaddis' hands, off Chris' hands, and then almost into the Alice wide receiver's hands. But luckily, that one fell incomplete. Bottom is uh, shooken up on that play, dude. You can see him kind of walking around, kind of walking his head back. And we totally brought the house right there. We had two guys right there to, to give him a lick as soon as he let go of the ball. So, yeah, the pressure was there for sure. Shotgun formation, four wide receivers. Running back, standing to the left, the bottom. He's going to roll his right inside. Going to jump off, looking for the uh, far flat. Almost hit number 73. Unfortunately, he's standing on the sideline, and he's not on the playing field. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a miscommunication or if he's just trying to get rid of that one. Uh, had a wide receiver about the 50-yard line over there, and the other one was on the on the 40, but over here to our near side, and there was nobody over there at all. Like you said, the big number 73 was, was that <laughs> – didn't know if that guy was coming to him or not. <laughs> he just kind of moved out of the way. That was the fun part. He was not wanting to do that. Pump formation coming up. 29, Alejandro Gonzalez coming in for the uh, punt. He had uh, the first one almost blocked. The second one there was blocked by the linebacker, Heath Thomas. Austin Weishart will stand at about his own 42-yard line. Two men protecting the uh, punter. Quick punt, high end over end. Weishart takes it at the 42, dancing, jumping. Weaving, still on his feet, crosses midfield to about the 47-yard line. Had another pump block on right there, Mike. Brought about two or three guys off the edge, and so when that ball was was gone, we didn't have anybody back here to help out Weishart, so we did a good job just uh, making a couple moves and getting what he could. First down and 10 for the Wildcats. See if we can get this offense going again. Ball resting on the 48-yard line of the Coyotes. Wildcats driving left to right across the radio route. Thanks for being with us on a Friday night. At home, at work, in your car. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night to be with us. I'm my girl, alongside Coach Ryan Duke, and Assistant Coach Mike Budigan. Alex Brown on the carry. Brown bunching forward to about the 40, called the 42 yard line. You get about a six yard gain. Second down and four. Still a power play over there to the left side. Looks like that's where we're going to be trying to hit most of the night when we're going the other way. You know, it's coming to our near side that time. The far side, still hitting the left side of the line, trying to. Uh, to get where we could, pick up about six yards. So that'll set us up at about a six, uh, second and about five, I guess, here. So Cats driving left to right. Eight minutes left to go here in the first half. Cats up 20 to three. Quarterback keeper. Gage Lamb saw something on the right-hand side, kept it himself. Lunge forward. He's going to pick up some uh, yards needed. So the first down is going to move the chains up to the uh, 37-yard line. First down and 10, Cal Allen. Forty-four check-in for the Wildcats. Forty-two comes out. Brian Waters check-in as the Z back. Fourteen is your wideout, Caden Floyd. He splits wide left. Hawkins and Brown in the backfield. Lamb hands it off. Forty Brown left side. Brown breaking tackles, lunging forward, runs over a would-be defender. Number five try to come and put on the hit. Derek Escobar. Number 40, Brown able to get away, pick up a nice, uh, nice game on the play. We'll call it about a, about a six-yard game. We'll call it the second down and four. AJ showing us a lot tonight. You know, when he had that, uh, that play right to the left side and went untouched, he showed the, the burst right there and the speed. That time he cut on a dime to his to his right right there. Had a guy kicking out on the left over there, and he just cut right underneath it to pick up a, another chunk of change and, you know, kind of lowered his shoulders and, and bowled over a couple other guys to pick up eight yards. So it's hard to believe that he's only a sophomore, Mark. Gage Lamb, quarterback keeper, coming around the right side, breaks the tackle, staying forward. He's going to pick up maybe, uh, maybe a yard or two on the play. We'll get him two yards. He's going to bring up third down and a long one. 
a little keep over here to the right side. And, uh, not a lot doing. Look like they have number, number 21 over here, Manuel Garcia, doing a good job with the linebacker spots, uh, scraping over there to the left side and coming up and making that tackle. Ball inside the 30. We'll call it the 28-yard line. Looking wide left is Caden Floyd. One is motions across the line of scrimmage. Hand off to Brown. Brown, he did one. Looks like he's going to pick up about four. Still on his feet. Coyotes gang tackling on the play. And it's going to be a first down for the Kalala Wildcats. Come back to our bread and butter right there again. Mike just motioned to the far side. Running a, a little 35 power play right there. Going to pick up another first down for the Cats to get those chains moving. But like I said, you know, it looks like we're, we're definitely going to that left side. We came over here to try to pop one with, uh, with Gage over here on the right side. But... You know, we've been doing a lot of our work over there to the left side. First down and 10, Cal Allen. Clock under six minutes. Wildcats with a 20-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes. Alice got the uh, three points on their opening drive with a 24-yard field goal by their uh, kicker, Austin Pettis. Since then, this defense has been able to uh, shut them down. Brown, toss sweep around the left side. Defense does a nice job of pursuing, not much room there for Brown. I uh, can't tell, dude. Did he pick up any uh, positive yardage? Yeah, he might have given us maybe one over there to the left side. We went with the zone play right there. Most of the time, we wall down, and we bring one of our guards around the left side. We just uh, zoned everybody to the left, so everybody took a step to the left and just ran with their man. Looked like uh, number 42, Drew Ramiro, kind of, you know, he, he was on his guy right there, and he kind of just let him go. And when he let him go, he came up and made the tackle. We'll call it second down and, uh, and nine on the play. Coyote defense. Most part here in the second half, or second quarter, a couple of uh, times they've been able to shut down this walk at offense. And now, I think Gage is going to call a timeout. Because do we have any timeouts? I don't think we have any timeouts left. Referee's going to look over and he's going to. Did we just pull uh, like Chris Redder right there? I think all oh, like, to delay a game. It's going to be a five yard penalty. It may have been. I thought it looked at the same thing. We called three timeouts early in the game. I looked over at the scoreboard. Maybe he thought he was looking on the Alice side. Alice still has all three timeouts. Wildcats with none. So the uh, delay of game penalty against the uh, Carolina Wildcats will back him up five yards. Well, it's interesting, Mike. We came out in and, uh, and the spread and had a little bit of success, and we came out with the, that one power play and ended up getting it, getting it going and then came back with all those power plays again. H. Lamb going downfield. Looks like it's going to be caught, but we have – Late, late flag from the umpire. I think the umpire just saw that referee throw the flag, and he decided he was going to throw it as well. It's going to be holding against the Calhoun Wildcats. It's going to back him up to 10 yards. A.J. Brown did a nice job of picking up that uh, late blitz. Same guy again, Mike. Mind George over there throwing that one? I think that was the umpire throwing that one really late. Uh, literally, he was almost like after the play was over, he uh, saw the flag on the field from the referee, and he decided he better throw his. No, that time we brought in John Gaddish to come in at Z-back. Most of the time he has uh, only in on offense when we go to the full wide receiver set. He came in as one of our blocking backs that time, came in motion and ran a wheel out over there to the right side and was able to get open behind the uh, the secondary right there and picked that one in and did a really good play to dive across the end zone for a touchdown, but it will be called back with a holding penalty, so going to set us up for the second forever here. So looks like we had two ponies, Mike. They actually declined the first one and then took another holding. So I believe we had two holding calls on that one play. Second down for the Wildcats. Yard to gain. Can you help me out? Again, I'm going to cut the press box away to situate the team. Take the Gaddis. Gage Lamb looking on the back side. Going to try his, his uh, running back, number 40. And I think that was kind of a backside screen, but number 22 did a nice job of reading it. 
and uh, no gain on the play to anything. It's going to be a loss on the pass play to Brown. Yeah, I think it's going to go for about a loss of three that time. It was a screen pass, like you're saying. We were uh, flicking a little a sweep over to the left side, and Gabe looked like he was going to keep it and try to turn around and throw it back to Brown. When he when he turned around and throw it back to him, he didn't really set his feet, so the ball kind of it almost traveled basically directly oh, back, yeah. like almost a backwards pass, yeah, and uh, Brown had to go back to catch it. When he went back to catch it, it kind of got away from our blocking scheme over here, and they got a guy slip underneath the uh, the screen, the set-up screen right there, and was uh, going to take us back for another loss. So it's going to bring us back a little bit more. Third and forever. Bam. High pressure. Roll is now going to launch it downfield. Be over the head of his intended receiver, number 10, Colton Duff. And the Wildcats will be forced to punt. Duke, uh, but it was a nice little drive that got going. Ended up stalling out. And now uh, the uh, punt team will have to come out. Yeah, more penalties again. Mike just hurting us on this drive. We had, uh, I think, three on that one drive right there. Then the, uh, the busted screen pass right there. So. Set us up with a gay fourth and about 30 here. So Alec Brown will be back to punt. High snap. Brown, end of win. Check. This one's been about at the 25. Picked up by number five, Escobar, going around the right side. Escobar breaking the tackle. Going around the right side. He's going to be brought down inside the 20 and about the 19, 18-yard line. Three minutes, 19 seconds. Lots to go before half. Alex Coyotes will take over first down and 10. This is when he spots the ball. Could stick. Looks like it's going to be about the uh, right after 20 yard line, should I say. I'd like to thank the family for listening in tonight. My uh, my sister just texted me, said she was listening in. Robin said it. Uh, I'm sure Marcus and, uh, and the kids are listening as well. I'd like to uh, thank you for, for listening in. She's saying, I'm, I think she's saying I'm talking too much. No, but, no, you keep doing it. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll be carrying the torch. Take it away. Thank you for being with us on a Friday night. The Flores family tuning us in right here on 1360 KKTX. Number eight from the uh, Wildcats. Direct snap to the uh, running back. He's taking kind of in Wildcat formation. That's Trey Hadamino on the direct snap. Hadamino goes around the right side. And uh, Hadamir will pick up about seven yards in the play. We'll call it second down and seven. I think we disguised the blitz right there, Mike. We uh, act like we were going to bring everybody off the edge that time, and we went back into a, a coverage right there. And, you know, like to see our defense kind of recognize that they had a different quarterback in there. Every time he's been in, it's been a, a draw or a sweep or something like that, and we kind of went, fell back into coverage and gave him a little bit of running room right there to the right side. It's going to set up a second and eight – or second and two, sorry. Shotgun formation, four wide receivers set. Running back, now shifts over to the left side of the quarterback. Quarterback keeper trying to go up the middle, not where you want to test this Wildcat defense, and uh, he's going to try to lunge forward. And he may have enough for the first round. Looks like he was hit, and in the uh, second attempt, Duke was able to pick up that first round. Escobar was in there. Looks like Gattis came up and, and cleaned it up. Like you said, he might have got away from that first defender right there, and they're going to give him enough for the first down. Ball resting right on the 30-yard line for the uh, Alice Coyotes. First down. Change the move. Two minutes, 15 seconds. Lots to go to uh, before halftime. Two minutes, four seconds. Clock rolling. Four wide receivers. Half on the way. Quick pass by number eight. Tabarios has checked out of the game. Eight has now taken over for the 
Coyotes. That's Trey Hadamio has taken over the quarterback spot. Quick pass over to the far flat. No gain on the play uh, for the Coyotes. Maybe a loss to about three yards to the 27. Just a quick little hitter right there, Mike. They've been going with that draw play every time. How he has been in the game, and that's time they just gave a little fake and tried to hit us with the pops right over to the right, and we read it. <laughs> um, for, for laughing on this, <laughs> we got people coming on and off the field, and the coaches over here to the right are screwing while I'm trying to get them off the field. But it's going to set up a second and long here for the Alex Coyotes. 17, Alex Gonzalez lines up in the backfield for the Coyotes. So a couple of changes in the backfield for the Coyotes, trying to make things up. We are approaching the one-minute mark left here. Before we go into halftime, our halftime show tonight will be the MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. I'd like to invite everybody to stay with us. We'll have first-half stats. We'll check in with our producer on our scoreboard. You know, it's interesting, Mike. The uh, the first quarter, you know, they were barely taking any time off the clock. And ever since uh, the new quarterback came in, they're taking a little bit longer to get the play call in. And, you know, the, the time's just taken away. Earlier, you know, you'd like to see their offense, especially under a minute here, try to get something going and get the clock going. But it looks like they're, they might just let it run down and call a timeout here, Mike. They're not really uh, – Wanted up to run anything here. It took about 45 minutes for that first quarter. I remember looking; it was almost 8:12, 8:13 when the first quarter expired, and then we've got the second quarter in, and less about uh, less than about 20 minutes. So, very quick second uh, quarter to say the least. As the Coyotes will take the timeout. There's 26 seconds left to go here in the half. It's Duke. Uh, Wildcats got those 20 points early. They were leading 23 in the first quarter, and then here in the second quarter, neither team has been able to put any points on the board. So, 23 points first quarter. None here in the second. It's been a little sloppy, you know. We, uh, the penalties, the uh, you know the the, the pass we had over there to the left side that went through Lamb's hands, and we just haven't been able to get anything going here in the second quarter. And then obviously with a quarterback change on the other side, it's been uh, been a little bit different in play calling. They have they've gone away from the pass a little bit. They went more to the to the running game, and early in the first quarter, they I think they passed about ninety percent of the time. So they. Just kind of switched everything up, here and the, the time has gone quickly off the uh, off the quarter here in the second quarter. After the timeout, timeouts to come back on the field. Ball resting on the 25-yard uh, line. Yard to gain is a 40. We'll call it third down and 15 for the Coyotes. Shotgun formation. Again, the quarterback now taking over is number eight, Trey Hadamil. Four wide receivers for the Coyotes. Running back stands to the left. Now we'll shift over to the right. I mean, your quarterback keeper needs to see. Trying to run the right side. Hit. Knocked out of bounds. Big hit there from the uh, safety man. I'm trying to see. Is that Allen or is that uh, Gattis? I believe. Is that Gattis number one? Yeah, it looks like yeah. it was Gattis. The guy yeah. and gave him a pretty good shot over there. He was just running on the right sideline right there trying to pick up a block. And I don't think he ever saw Gattis yeah. coming. Gattis gave him a pretty good lick out of bounds. That's so going to stop the clock with 21 seconds left. Going to bring on the front team. About a fourth and six here for the Dallas Coyotes. Looks like uh, the Cats might have a get a little return here, so if you can't put some more points on the board right before half. Weishart, Gaddis will drop back. Gaddis will stand on the 45. Weishart will stand about the 37. Alejandro with the punt. Gonzalez, high punt. Weishart has to go through his hand. Did he touch it? I don't know if he touched it, Duke. And they're going to say he did. Yeah, it went right through his hands. Like I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that he touched that one. They're going to say that he did, and the ball's going to be spotted about the Cal Allen 31-yard line. 13 seconds left here to go in the first half. Looks like a 
you know, see what Alice can do. They might think they'll bring in the old, the old, uh, old quarterback. Think they're going to bring in Barrios here. See what they do. Weishard. I mean, again, if that, that was just so odd to see that ball just go right through his hands. I mean, it. And uh, initially, he kind of looked, you know, was trying to play it off like it did. But if that ball didn't touch his hands, it was, it would have been a miracle. Thirteen seconds left to go. Coyotes after seeing a second special teams turnover, they'll take over first down and ten. Trying to go to the slam play, they do. This drive starting on the 32-yard line for the uh, Coyotes. First play, a little slant pattern. It'll be a complete inside the uh, 25. And, again, the Coyotes have two timeouts. Looks like they're bringing on their field goal kicker, Mike, after that, that eight-yard pickup right there. They did bring Barrios back into the game. He's been the, uh, the zone quarterback here tonight. They brought him back in with, with the uh, 13 seconds left on the clock, brought in a little, uh, like you said, a slant pattern right there, right in front of our safety to pick up about eight yards, and they're going to bring on that uh, field goal kicker. Like I said, in the pregame, you know, you can kind of see on the on the 40-yard line there's a bunch of scuff marks right there. He was he was kicking it from, like, the ball was literally standing on the 40-yard line. He was putting them through, so the kids got a leg. They're going to see if they can uh, put up three right here before half. It's going to be about a 40-yard ball to the 23, so it'll be a 40-yard field goal attempt. For the kicker, Austin Bettis, if you can get a 40-yard field goal from a high school kicker, you got yourself a pretty good kicker. We've seen uh, oh, Bettis. They're not going to bring him out now, Mike. They're going to keep him on the sideline. We did see the bright orange shoes come onto the field. They're going to opt to keep the offense onto the field. So this may be uh, maybe a break for the Rockets to keep some points off the board. You've got to watch the double pass here. Mike Barrios is out here as the inside receiver. Go with the straight hand okay. Maybe they're going to try to get him a little closer. I think that's what they're doing. They just ran a little quarterback draw. And now you're going to see the kicker come out. Uh, that's going to be a little closer for them. So we'll see what they spot it. They're going to spot it on the 20. This is going to be a 37-yard field goal. And again, you know, the, the, the leg that he's shown you, uh, you know, that three yards, we'll see what it does. But, I mean, this kid's got a very strong leg. We've seen that here early on. I was a little surprised when after the uh, field goal, Duke, he kind of tiptoed up to the uh, kickoff. So, remember that kickoff? Boy, he just boomed the crack, you know, the uh, heck out of it. Crack. I did say crack, folks. I just wanted to make it sound a little better. It's the Rudolph sound effects you're getting tonight from me. Field goal attempt coming up. Austin Pettis, where's number 80? Fluorescent orange shoes. We'll tee it up. And they're going to actually tee it up at the, they're going to spot that at the, what is that, 27? So it is a 37 yard field goal. Five footed kicker, snap on the way. Kicker coming through. This one's going to be blocked. It's picked up. Heath Thomas picks it up. Heath Thomas has grass in front of him. One man to beat is 17. And I can't see who's going to take it in. He does. Well, that one backfired for Alice right there. We brought in a, a field goal block right there. We had about three guys in the backfield right there, so we came in and picked that one up. And like you said, Mr. Uh, Mr. Player of the Week over here, <laughs> Tom was picking that one up, and we're going to see how long that return was. Mike, it's, uh, well, he was, it was at the 27 in East Washington, so I'm going to say he probably picked it up around the 32, 33-yard line. So we'll, we'll see what uh, our statistician to our left is going to say. So he picked it up on the 30. 70-yard run after the block field goal. So the Wildcats will pick it up and take it to the house. So that's, again, uh, what could have been a three-point field goal turns out to be a six-point touchdown for the Wildcats. There'll be extra point coming up. 
left-footed kicker is Gonzalez. Snap on the way. Gonzalez with the kick. This one is good. Just inside the left upright. As we go into halftime with a 70-yard return by number 36, Keith Thomas, who blocked the punt early in the game, was able to pick up the punt, didn't get much yardage out of it, but that time takes it 70 yards for the uh, touchdown, so a defensive touchdown, a special team touchdown, and two long runs for this Wildcat offense. We are at halftime. The MC Welded Fabrication Halftime Show coming up right here on 1360. KKTX. Wow. Clear. How are we doing on the commercial spots, Brian? Um, we have one more left in the second break. <laughs> so if you want to take two minutes, <coughs> we'd be caught up. Please, please do. Let's do that. Uh, little break. 70 yard on Fox Hill goal. Yard. One minute. Thirty seconds. Ten seconds. I heard that name like once. Five seconds. All right, welcome to the MC Welding Fabrication Halftime Show. Coming to you from Memorial Stadium on a Friday night. Wildcats with a 27-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes. Primetime crew coming at you about 12-15 rows above the uh, visiting crowd here in Alice, Texas, Memorial Stadium. Wildcats visiting team tonight. The uh, Wildcats at this game started. They kicked off to the Alice Coyotes. Coyotes took off on the uh, own 32-yard line. Got a couple of penalties. Got the pass interference called. And the uh, big play was a tip ball by Philip Lively that happened to fall in the hands of the wide receiver. With 10:34 left to go in the opening quarter, the uh, Alice Coyotes were able to get a 24-yard field goal from their kicker Austin Pettis. That gave them a 3-0 lead. On the ensuing kickoff, Wildcats took the uh, kick. Uh, was first crisp coming around the near side. Took a hard shot from the uh, special team defense of the Coyotes. Ball came loose. So the Coyotes with 10-23 got great field position with the ball. 
in the uh, 21-yard line of the Wildcats. Defense was able to hold as uh, Gonzalez, I'm sorry, Butters came in again for the 37-yard field goal. That one was wide left. So with 10 minutes and 8 seconds to go, the Wildcats offense finally comes on the field. They start the drive on the 41-yard line. And uh, with 8.23 left to go, they get a 46-yard touchdown run. It was a fourth down and one play. And they handed it off to Alec Brown, hit the middle of the uh, line of scrimmage, bounced it out to the left-hand side. He goes in untouched, 46 yards. The point after was good. Wildcats take a 7-3 lead. Next uh, series, Coyotes took over on the 18-yard line. First play of that uh, drive, uh, Barrios dropped back to uh, to pass. He was being chased by the big linebacker, number 45, Broaden. Broaden was able to sack Barrios at the one-yard line. Ball came loose. Big number 53, Casey Amati picks it up at the one-yard line, falls forward, and the uh, Wildcats with a point after taking 14-3 lead. Coyotes take over, 7.58 on their 30-yard line. Defense again, able to come up with a big stop, force the punt. And uh, so three and out for the Alice Coyotes with 5.56. Kyle Allen starts to drive on the 24-yard line. Didn't take long. They had a five-yard penalty. Back him up to the 19-yard line. Guess what? Same play coming to the left side, Alec Brown. Quarterback was leading. Gage Lamb, 81 yards later. A.J. Brown took it into the house untouched. And the uh, two-point conversion was no good. The Wildcats took a 20-3 lead into the uh, second quarter. Not much going into the second quarter. Both teams kind of uh, real stagnant on their offense. Kyle came up big, had a couple of drives where they were able to hold the Wildcat offense. So really not a whole lot of offense in the uh, second quarter for either team, but with three seconds left to go, the Coyotes decided to line up with a 37-yard field goal. Right up the middle was Heath Thomas, was able to block the field goal attempt, picked it up at the 30-yard line. 70 yards later, Thomas takes it into the end zone. The point after was good as we go into halftime, 27-3, Carolina Wildcats over the Alice Coyotes. That's our first half recap right here on the MC Wilderness Publication Halftime Show. Uh, Coach Bredesen to our left-hand side, working hard, uh, trying to get the stats together. We're going to come back on the MC Wilderness and Fabrication Halftime Show. We'll check in with our producer, Brian Catano. We'll get scores from around the area. we got stats coming up. we got the sub-varsity report. A lot left to come here on the MC Wilderness and Fabrication Halftime Show on 1360 KKTX. Here. Two minutes, and we'll uh, bring it back. We'll do, uh, I'll do the score again, let you do the... Um, Scoreboard, then we'll uh, do the stats and come back. All right, sounds good. Would you want to go to the cold in the press box again. That's good. I don't want the other coaches to. Yeah, I'm saying, don't want those other guys getting too hot, but it's freaking cold. Ten seconds. Five seconds. 
All right, welcome back to the uh, MC World and Fabrication Halftime Show. Coming to you from Memorial Stadium as the uh, Wildcats lead the Alice Coyotes 27-3 uh, here on the MC World and Fabrication Halftime Show. We're going to check in with the producer, Brian Catano, real quickly on our Rabble 8 IME scoreboard. Brian, uh, what kind of scores do we have from around the area? Well, right now in the third quarter, the St. Gertrudis Lions are leading the San Diego Vaqueros 13-0. to at halftime right now, the Jordanson Indians are trailing the Mathis Pirates 7-20. to Also at halftime, the Benavides Eagles are leading the Woodsboro Eagles 13-7. to In halftime right now, Goliad Tigers are leading the George West Longhorns 14-7. to And also at halftime, the Bruni Badgers are leading the Agua Dulce Longhorns 23-0. to Back to you, Mike. All right, that's Brian Katana, our uh, producer back in the studio, helping us out with our Rabelais IME scoreboard. As uh, Coach Brotherton working hard to our left-hand side, uh, came up those numbers. It's been a great first half rushing attack. I can tell you that for A.J. Brown. I know we're two carries uh, for at least 125 yards. Let's see what this uh, Wildcat offense has been able to put together, Coach Duke. All right, first off, stats Cal and has eight first downs, 192 rushing yards, and 29,000 yards for a total of 221 yards of total offense. We've had six penalties tonight for 45 yards. Rushing tonight, A.J. Brown has had eight carries for 153 yards and two touchdowns for an average of 19.1 yards per tote. Lamb has chipped in with six carries and 42 yards. Passing tonight, Lamb is four of eight for 29 yards receiving. Weishardt has that one catch for 22 yards, and Duff has a catch for 10 yards for a total time of possession of 12-14. On the Alice side, they have eight first downs, negative five yards rushing, 96 yards passing for a total of 91 yards here in the first half. Penalties, two for 12. Rushing tonight, Amarillo has six carries for 21 yards. Barrios has three carries for negative 31 yards. Uh, Barrios passing tonight is 7 of 18 for 99 yards. Receiving on the uh, Allison, Hernandez has a, one catch for 50 yards there in the, uh, I think it was the first play of the game. And then Galvan has three catches for 29 yards for a total of 11 minutes and 46 seconds. There you go. That's our first half stats. Uh, Coach Brotherton, I'd like to thank Coach Brotherton for stopping us out with the stats. Does a great job for us today. He doesn't say a whole lot during the broadcast while he's working. He just kind of gives us the hand signals and let us know what, uh, what the down and distance or how many yards or fumble recovery, whatever it is. But he does a great job. Again, Greg, you know, just a, a plethora of information. He gave us the, uh, uh, you know, the, the last 10, 12 games that we played out of Coyotes last week when we played away. And he just has so much information, and we definitely appreciate uh, what he does for us, and, uh, and you know, he's done it for so many years helping us out. I'm appreciative of it. I also want to thank uh, Coach Duke, who uh, this is his second year uh, in helping us out. Not only is he helping us out, but he's brought a large fan base. I know at least an additional 10 listeners, so that's nine more than what I had last We are definitely stepping up. I'd like to thank everybody. Not honestly, thanks for being with us on a Friday night, wherever you're at, at home, at work, in your car. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night. Our producer, Brian Catana, does a great job. And all the guys that are uh, associated with the show uh, really do a, a great job. And I want to thank everybody. I know we try to have some fun and bring you the broadcast. But, uh, again, we do our best to bring you the action here on a Friday night, every Friday night throughout the season. And without you guys, it wouldn't be possible. Our sponsors would make it possible. Our booster club members, we want to thank everybody for being a part of our Friday night broadcast. We'll be back with more of the NC Rolling of Fabrication Halftime Show right here on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Good job, Ryan. Appreciate the help, man. No problem.
30 seconds. Fifteen seconds. Five seconds. We can hear clear tonight, huh? Yeah. All right, welcome back to the MC Welding and Fabrication Airtime Show. Coming to you from Memorial Stadium on a Friday night, beautiful Friday night for high school football. Coming to you from Alice. Memorial Stadium as the uh, Cal Wildcats taking on the Alice Coyotes. Uh, the game tonight, uh, you know, we started this game off at 77 degrees with the temperature when we got the game started, Coach Duke. Uh, temperatures have been just, uh, again, just a beautiful night for football coming to you from Alice Stadium. You know, it's all weather. It's kind of weird to look out there and see the people wearing the jackets, but uh, that's what we have tonight. Fall is upon us. 69 uh, degrees, I think, is what we're looking at currently here. And uh, Alice, Texas, are actually 67 degrees is what the, uh, uh, with the wind slightly out of the north, two miles an hour. So the, the wind's not a big factor tonight, but just a beautiful night for high school football. Wildcats with a 27-3 lead. Uh, Coach Brothers may have stepped out. They're going to try to get to the Subbarcy uh, Report. Oh, there he is. Coach Brothers is here. Coach Duke has a Subbarcy Report. We're going to check in with the guys, see how the guys down below us here. Coach Duke, take it away. All right. Back on the uh, the winning side of things once again for the second week in a row. Uh, our freshman group ended up winning 32 to nothing over the Alice Coyotes. We uh, we had scheduled uh, two games. We had a an A game and a B game, but the uh, the weather wasn't really helping us out. That front came through right at four o'clock. The game was supposed to start at 4:30, and uh, we got pushed back with a bunch of lightning delays. So we ended up only playing the one game. Um, had to actually warm up in our indoor facility as the uh, as the weather passed by. So we ended up getting started at I think around uh, 6:15, 6:30 with our first game and. We uh, ended up ended up coming out of that one with a 32 to nothing victory. Um, got a new quarterback in, Bryce Roscoe. Did a, did a heck of a job for us coming in and, and filling in for Arshon. He's been uh, Arshon's been out for a couple of weeks now with that, that broken leg. He's, he's done for the year, so Bryce is doing a, a a good job coming in and 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 you know picking up where Arshon left off with the offense coming in and and running it smoothly. And that's this time uh, and we had a, a couple of big individual efforts. Obviously, uh, Rick's buried in there. At the fullback spot, doing his thing, um, ended up scoring another touchdown for us this week. Uh, Ralph Fernandez had another big week. Uh, actually, had a a return for about about 40 or 50 yards. We got him the ball once again up the middle a couple times, and ended up busting a couple for for some touchdowns. We got a lot of a lot of guys in. Brent Green had a had a good game. Xavier um, Kidderall came in and and did some good things on defense for us. Um, you know, our offensive line's been. Uh, been uh, been hunkered down the entire year, doing a good job for us. We had uh, Wiser back in the game for us. We had Luke Youngblood getting in there, uh, Sanders, Clifton, all those guys. Uh, Ortega was getting in there and and making some making some moves for us. We had a we had a really good week. Uh, Charlie Hill had a a good offensive performance for us, and then our defense came up big and and uh, stopped them for uh, you know for for basically nothing the entire time. They did I think they had one play that might have went for 20 yards, but other than that, uh, they they really had a Nothing really going for them the entire night. Ended up getting a shutout, 32 to nothing. Uh, was actually able to get some uh, get some of the B teamers in there as well in the uh, in the fourth quarter. We had, I, I believe, the entire fourth quarter. We had our, our maroon group in there in there playing, and uh, it was good to see them get in there. They're they're really excited, you know, to get a chance to uh, to play at that A level and get in there and um, you know just uh, do do everything they could. You know, they they practice real hard every week and 
giving our giving our other guys some looks. Um, you know, when we're, we're facing the other teams, we we let, we, uh, we really try to get those guys to go out and, and practice as hard as they can to give us a good look for whoever we're playing this week. It was Alice. We had to run Alice's offense for a little bit for us, and they uh, they did a good job, and we're we're definitely rewarded in that in that game, even though they couldn't get their uh, their game in. So that thirteen to nothing victory came up good for us. We play Miller next week. Uh, I believe it's in in, uh, in town against Miller. And then if we end up winning that game, we'll have the, uh, the zone playoff game. Uh, I believe it'll probably be against uh, Flower Bluff. I think they're undefeated over there on the other side. So we might uh, have to end up facing the, the buffooners uh, in the playoff round. Um, did a good job. I actually uh, actually left the JV game at halftime. And I think it was it was 28 to nothing or something like that when I left. So I believe the score ended up being 40-something to zero. So the JV was able to, uh, to come up with a shutout as well. They did a good job. So uh, on the freshman and JV level, we came up with uh, with a couple of shot, uh, shutouts, and uh, you know, injury free, came out uh, came out ready to play next week. Well, I tell you what, going uh, down to the junior high level, you guys all played Dallas this week. Uh, the Barn Orange from the uh, west side of town, and uh, we traveled up to the north northeast Barn Orange side of Beeville. Uh, so it's great to be out there in the eighth grade, play Beeville at home, and uh, you know, you know. It's almost the same thing like we say with these guys here. Going up to Beeville, it's going to be a little bit tough. Kids are a little bit, a little bit rough out there, and they, uh, you know, they get after it a little bit more, and uh, you got to watch for the refs as well. So, uh, we went up there and had some uh, good games for us on the seventh grade level, at the eighth grade level, real quick at home. The uh, B team uh, came out victorious, forty to six, and then the A team talked it right up after that, forty-six to zero. So uh, they they took it to them pretty well. We. Uh, so we went over to, to Beeville, watched the end of their varsity practice, said, oh, Coach Vasquez out there, uh, watched him work in the uh, ugly burnt orange colors. <laughs> and I'd seen him in that instead of the, the maroon, you know. So uh, he, he decided to stick around and watch us for a little bit. Then uh, he, he, uh, he got done with his practice and got back out to the field. Our 18 was starting, and he watched maybe about five, ten minutes of it. Okay, I've seen enough. Time to go, you know. <laughs> They didn't take it very well, but our defense went over there had a tough game, uh, but did come out victorious, 18 to six, and then our uh, 18 went over there winning 34 to six. So uh, yeah, we had a real good uh, defensive job over about six points that they scored was on a kickoff return, and uh, they just you know broke through one of our lanes and and then ended up scoring. But uh, we didn't have uh, the C team games this week. Uh, Beaver didn't carry the C team, so those C team guys kind of split up with us. Uh, we were able to get a couple of them in there to get some little bit of little bit of experience at the higher level. Uh, but uh, you know, next week we we will be moving on. We have a game against GP. Uh, seventh grade will be over there at GP. Eighth grade will be at home. And uh, the eighth grade will have their full three games. And the seventh grade will have an A and B game. And then the seventh grade C team will actually play on Thursday, uh, Wednesday, I believe it is, on Wednesday at 5:30 at our middle school field playing against Cullen's team. So another CCIC will get to play there. So um, schedule's winding up. We, we've got uh, GP, and then we get to come over here as seventh graders to Alice and finish up our season. So that's going to be a fun, fun one. We've already warned the kids. It's kind of the same thing, what we're playing against, and uh, we just got to give it our all. They beat us earlier in the season. Uh, I think we're a lot better team than what uh, we were then. So hopefully we'll come over here and uh, take care of business. Well, good luck with that, Coach. Uh, I was just thinking about our record right now. We're sitting at seven and one at the freshman level. Our JV is, uh, I believe, they're eight and zero. Uh, do you remember? You know exactly what the uh, the records are down there at the middle school? Or? 
Uh, not off the top of my head. I, I think maybe my team, we've, we've only lost two games uh, against uh, Grant and, and the Alice team here. Uh, I think everybody else, the HPB team might have lost two to three games. The A team, I think, is undefeated as well as our B team undefeated. So, uh, you know, our schedule, we can uh, win district wrapping up these next two weeks. Uh, tough one will be, of course, coming over here to Alice. We can do that, and uh, these guys will go take on the district championship. Yeah, pretty successful year so far uh, down on the sub varsity for the JV, the uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, and JV level. Uh, doing a pretty good job. Uh, you know, we've we've dealt with a bunch of injuries this year. We've had a bunch of guys step in, and you know, a bunch of the guys that we've uh, that we've had to play this year. Um, you know, there there are C team guys and B team guys down at the middle school, and they've come up to our A team and and really put forth a good effort and. Uh, you know, put us in a good position. We, we we dropped that one game by, I believe it was by four points to uh, to GP. I had a chance to win there at the end, and they did a really good job. You know, fighting. With, I think uh, I think we only suited out about 36 this past game. With so with the injuries, and uh, we had a couple of kids uh, throwing and stuff like that. We I think we started with about what about 58 to 60 kids, and we're only down to about 36 now. So it's been a it's been a little bit of a tough sledding for us, but you know we've we've come out and we've played played really hard each in each uh, week in week out and done a pretty good job with the uh i was watching some of the, that beville game with the, the eighth graders were they with the seventh graders just as big as the eighth graders because they had some big old boys on that beville team <laughs> yeah they do they they, they go large over there still uh so they're definitely a lot bigger than us but then again you know it's like i told our guys they kind of look at them because we're a small team and they look across and it's like oh here we go big boys again at that big boys can't lose at this age right now they're a little <laughs> bit slower and a little bit softer so you just look it to them uh, they, they did have a couple of players that were really good. Uh, but, you know, on defense, we, we don't shut that down real quick. Uh, on the offensive end, they, they did have a nose guard on there. It was pretty good size. Uh, for the first series, was just coming across and just killing us. Uh, and then, so, you know, so we had to double-team him, chop him a couple of times, slow him down, you know, and kind of get away from him. And uh, you know, once we took care of that, uh, we didn't have any problems over there. I remember, I think it was my ninth grade year we played. Uh, we played Bevo at home, and it was the same thing, man. It, it felt like it looked like everybody on their team was about six foot, so they're definitely they definitely growing big over there. But it's uh, like I said, it's been a successful year so far for our uh, our sub varsity, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get another victory in this weekend and go and uh, go and play in that that playoff game for us in, the, in our uh, north south north south zone playoffs. So uh, you are listening to uh, the NC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. I'm Coach Ryan Duke. That was Coach Mike Burleton. Uh, we'll be back with more Cal on football here on One minute.
30 seconds. Welcome back to the MC Welding and Fabrication Halftime Show. Coming to you from the Memorial Center. Real quick, I want to thank my cousin, Marty Martinez, who's tuning us in from Rockport, letting us know that the uh, Beagle Trojans are taking care of business over in uh, Rockport as uh, they are leading their game 18 to 15 at halftime. Like again, like I think Marty Martinez uh, helping us out with our Ravelais on the halftime score. Marty, thanks for being with us on a Friday night. Uh, be safe driving home back to Beagle. So, uh, Beagle made a coaching change in there. Let's get in the game up. There's some good uh, football going on around the area. I'd like to thank everybody for helping us out around the show. I'd like to thank also Hillary Ababelka. Letting us know that she's listening. And Hillary, thanks for being with us. Her son is uh, Sam Allen. Safety, uh, uh, playing number 12 tonight. Sam Allen's had a fantastic uh, season. And I'd like to thank everybody for being part of the show. Frank, who has always uh, been a long-time listener for the Carolina Wildcats. Frank, uh, thanks for being with us on a Friday night. And uh, Mr. Smith. I don't know if Mr. Smith made the trip tonight, but Mr. Smith always tuned us in at home. Uh, I'm not sure if he uh, traveled over here to Alice, but uh, Mr. Smith, if they uh, didn't make the game or is at the game, he is always tuning us in on a Friday night. There's so many people for making it possible. I'd like to thank uh, uh, Coach Duke's family, Robin, the girls, and, and uh, Marcus for tuning us in on a Friday night. Anybody else also that's uh, tuning us in, thanks for being with us on a Friday night. Let us know that you have us tuned in, and uh, we'll be glad to say hello. We'll also like to thank Robert Gutierrez. Uh, Robert, for a long time, listening to the show as well, always letting us know that he's tuning in. Robert, thanks for being with us on a Friday night. Uh, taking time out of your evening, uh, you make the choice to be with us on a Friday night. And uh, we'll be with the high school football action from around the area. Some of the scores to pass on to you real quick on our Rappalachian Island scoreboard. The uh, Carroll Tigers taking on the uh, Fire Bluff Hornets. Fire Bluff leading their matchup 27-14 to 14 in their matchup. Uh, also taking place tonight, King taking on uh, Moody. King at halftime leading 21-7. to 7. Ray taking on Miller High School. Ray uh, in third quarter, leading 35-0 over Miller. And then Gregory Portland taking on Tolosa Midway. Gregory Portland 39-0 at halftime over Tolosa Midway. And right here at Memorial Stadium, 27-3. Cal Allen over uh, Alice. And uh, Coach DKR, 9-10. We still have uh, a whole second half to go. Hopefully this game will you know, move right along. Wildcats have one more game next week against the uh, Miller Buccaneers. Uh, want to keep that momentum going. Want to keep that, you know, these boys looking sharp. You know, as you start getting ready for not only uh, your last uh, district game before the uh, zone playoff matchup. It's a little different to say that, zone playoff. But it's going to be uh, Thursday night, November 3rd, November 4th. Again, I guess I have to look at my calendar. But, uh, you know, you, you want to start peaking and getting ready tonight. You know, you saw early on. You saw the muff. We got two muffs. We had, uh, I'm sorry, we had the fumble by Forrest Chris, and then we had the muff. By, uh, by Austin Weinsart, but then you have the block punt and the blocked extra point. So you don't want to throw the balances out. You'd like to see it get cleaned up. We've had a few penalties tonight, but coming into Atlas, you can expect that. Again, that's going to be expected. But for the most part, you know, we got a little sluggish in that second quarter. I have to get that momentum going as we go deep into the uh, new year. It's almost like you want to take the good with the bad, huh? Yeah, well, the... you know, you just, again, you always try to find some positive. And I guess as a coaching staff, now that you're in the coaching ranks, you look for that on film. What can we do better to get better? Every week you want to get better. 
And uh, so the positive things that we've done, we've got a couple of negative. We just like to, 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 to flip that over and have more positive, I guess you say. Yeah, you know, the school is only, only 27 to 3 here, and we're, we're going to have our guys out here playing a, a tough second half. And, you know, expect the, the Coyotes to come back with a little bit of their passing game and see if they can't switch it up and, and move, uh, move the ball on the ground a little bit. But like you're saying, you know, you'd like to get those things cleaned up, especially going into the playoffs. Um, you know, stuff like that. When you get, you don't really think about it too much right here with the, you know, with the big lead and coming in, and you know, we, we mark the front, but our defense comes up and steps up and and ends up blocking a blocking a kick and bringing it back for a touchdown. But you can't expect that to happen every week, especially getting later into the year. Like you said, going into that zone playoff and then actually into the playoff. So uh, you know, the, the cool thing about it, though, Mike, is, is how the our zones are split up. You know, it kind of gives our players a, another added incentive, you know, to get to that, like a, it's like a conference championship game, like, you know, in the Big 12 or whatever you might, whatever conference you want to talk about. Uh, I mean, it, it gives them a little extra incentive, you know, that they have to go win, try to win every week in and week out to get to that championship game. And then once you win that championship game, it's kind of like a whole different deal, I guess you could say, because they're going to have an actual district championship game instead of just going by the record. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I like the way they've, they've set it up with that 11-team district. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty neat for the players and, like you said, as a coach. There you go. As the Wildcats get ready for the uh, second half, you've been listening to the MC Wilderness uh, Fabrication Halftime Show. We're going to take our last break. We'll be back with the opening kickoff of the third quarter. Wildcats 27-3 and over the Dallas Coyotes. Wildcats will receive to start the uh, second half. We'll be back with the uh, opening kickoff of the third quarter. Right here on 1360. KKTX. Clear. One minute. One minute. All right. One minute. How are we doing in the lineup, uh, Brian? Uh, right on track. Perfect. All right. See if we can keep it going. Looks like half the coaches came back with jackets on now. Uh, it's getting, getting a little weird. Oh, yeah. right? Thirty seconds. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Nobody got the cutoff hoodie on. <laughs> it's funny to see everybody's jacket. Drops a little bit from what it dropped from 90. To, well, it's a big drop from like 98 to 68, so I can't say. Fifteen seconds. Five seconds. Alice Coyotes coming onto the field. Hopefully, they'll have a little more stunk than their uh, run through, is it? Deflated. Over on the far end zone to the left, the Coyotes coming out. They will kick off to start the uh, second half. Looks like it's going to be uh, kicking off. It's going to be Austin Pettis. He's going to tee it up at the 40 yard line. Back deep to receive for the Kenala Wildcats. It's going to be number five, Forrest Chris, and number 23, Austin Weishardt. They're lined up inside the five-yard line. Coyotes kicking from left to right. Our cats set to receive on our right-hand side. We are set for the third quarter. That is tiptoeing, high, end-over-end kick. This is going to be taken by Forrest Chris at the seven-yard line. Going straight ahead, has a wall in front of him. Now cuts it back to the left side, going back up the field. And Chris is going to take it out to about the 34, 35-yard line. Nice return there. About a 27-yard return for uh, the uh, return man in the five for Chris. That's a, that's an NCAA kick right there, Mike. That ball was 
in the air for a long time right there. It was allowed uh, the Alice coverage team to get down right there, but really good job by by Forrest coming over here to the right side, making a couple moves and getting what he could. Almost bought the ball out to the 35-yard line with that uh, that big kick. First down and 10, all at the 34-yard line. Wildcats will come out with their spread offense. Trips to the near side, single wide out, split up top. Running back stands to the right of Lamb. And off number 40, A.J. Brown. Coming around the left side, has a couple of blockers in front of him, has the 50, right across his field. And uh, number one, the uh, defender for the Kyers puts his head down, and big collision there between the running back and the quarterback, Mario Guerra. But a big carry there for A.J. Brown. Brings it out into about the 46-yard line. And Brown looks like he's a little shook up on the play, dude. He lowered his shoulder right there and took a pretty good hit. Looks like he's going to, like you said, kind of wobble off the field a little bit. But I thought you were going to give a big shout-out to our number one right there. He was uh, the number two receiver over here in the trip set and blocked his man down about 25, 30 yards down the field. Really good job right there by John Gaddis laying on his block. And Sapp taking a look at uh, Brown. Hawkins on the carry inside the F-35 to about the 43. And checking out his shoulder, Duke, and maybe just going through the uh, protocol of taking a look at his eyes. Uh, he took a hard shot there. Then both players lowered their head. But uh, Brown uh, coming over to the sideline, coaching staff quickly, were able to get him off the field. And uh, Again, player safety is the most important thing. And you can see Brown you know, having a conversation there with his trainer. And, you know, it's kind of strange the way uh, Coach Fowler walked him over here. It's kind of like you're saying he might be a little dazed right there, might go through the uh, – Concussion protocol over here, but coming up back in the trip, said looks like they're going to have Hawkins back there in the backfield alongside Lamb. High snap, quarterback keeper skates Lamb. Lamb lunging forward inside the 45, maybe back to the line of scrimmage. No gain on the play as uh, it'll bring up a third down, and we're going to call it along seven, almost eight. It's been a tough play for us all night, Mike. We've been trying to run that little replay over here. It's just a, uh, you know, Gage puts the ball in the, in the running back's gut right there and kind of just runs with him a little bit and see which way the defender goes that time he went with the running back and he was able to keep it up the middle but we didn't get anything filled off there in the middle so we had another guy just waiting for him as soon as he uh as soon as he pulled it right there and the ball just came, got back to the line of scrimmage so it's going to set up a, a third and seven here i'm going to go with a uh, trip set once again hawkins back in the backfield alongside lamb Dump split wide on top, high snap. Lamb looking downfield, steps out of the pocket, ducks him in on the outside. Try to get around the outside edge, has a 40, 35. He's going to have the first down, cuts it to the 30, runs over a would-be defender, still on his feet, spinning around inside the 15. Great run by Gage Lamb. Looked like there was nothing there at all, Mike, and uh, just came over here to the left side. Mike, he's still lowered his shoulder, and looks like number one, the, uh, the defensive back. I'm going to see if I can get a number of a name here. Looks like Mario Figueroa came up to, to lay the hit on, on Gage, and he just lowered his shoulder and basically knocked his hands back away from him. The kid didn't know basically what hit him, and then he kind of gave a little spin move and almost got to the end zone right there if he didn't step out of bounds. But another good run by Gage Lamb. Inside the 15-yard line, he was able to on that sideline. He did a great job of uh, maintaining his balance and uh, getting a nice play out of that. First down at 10. Hawkins lines up in the backfield with the Lamb. Quarterback keeper, Jim Gageland, trying to go up the middle. And a big uh, defensive play there. Looks like that 50 again, or is that maybe uh, 75? That's 75 on the tackle for the Alice Coyotes. Uh, that's going to be the nose guard, Javier Joslin, on the tackle for the Coyotes. No, I forgot to mention, Mike, that play before that, uh, <laughs> that Lance took off to the left side. We had Duke Waddell going over here, just diving, you know, leading the way over here to the left side. It was actually a pass block, and he saw Gabe take off, and so he, he tried to beat him around the corner and was able to, uh, to block a guy about 15 yards down the field. So a good job right there by Duke Waddell getting down and uh, 
and freed some room for his quarterback. Bam, hands it off. Trying to see who that is. Uh, trying to come up and trying to get a number on that running back. That's going to be number 13 for the uh, Wildcats. That's Lawton Miller. I'm sorry, Lawton Miller on the uh, carry for the Wildcats. Number game on the play. We'll call it third down and six. Got the big boys in, Mike. We got Jackson Lanham. We got uh, Brandon Broughton. It looks like Waters is coming into the game here. So we got some got some meat on the line. See if we can't power this one through. It's going to be a third and about six. Ball resting on the 13-yard line of the Alice Coyotes. A.J. Brown still being checked out by the training staff right here in front of us. Cage Lamb under center. Hand off Hawkins. Has a blocker in front of him going to the right side. Hawkins trying to get around the outside. Hawkins is going to be close to a first down. He's going to depend on the spot. The uh, line judge across the field has him spotted at about the five-yard line, which would be short, about a yard and a half of the uh, first down marker. 74 was leading the way. West of Julig uh, was leading the way for Hawkins. Looks like he was going to get around that outside edge, but the uh, defender for the Coyotes did a nice job of coming up and closing that hole quickly. Looks like big number 36, Heath Thomas, is going to check in with Drew Ramiro. So we're going real heavy right here on this, uh, this fourth down play. Looks like A.J. Brown has been given his helmet back, so that's a good sign. Lamb hands it off to the big four by 36. Looks like he was going to get in, but he got an ankle tackle. And the uh, defender for the Coyotes, number three, <laughs> came in and put his head. That's R.J. Galvan. And I think you what, it's a little slow to get up as big uh, Thomas barreled over him. You know, he was kind of running a little upright right there. I think he saw the, I think he saw the finish line right there and was just going to cruise on in. And, Kind of lifted his shoulder just a little bit, and you know if he if he puts his shoulders down a little bit, he might run over that defender right there. But he just got tripped up right at the goal line, so it'll set up a first and goal right at the one yard line. Thomas again, three yards deep behind Lamb. Lamb under center. Lamb's going to keep it himself. Lamb lunging forward now into the end zone. Six fifty-two left in the third quarter. Wildcats with the touchdown run by Gage Lamb, and now a flag coming out late. It's going to be a dead ball foul, and now it's just going to depend on who's this going to be, Duke. And maybe frustration starting to settle in on the Coyotes, but uh, a flag coming in very late here yeah, on the field. It looked like one of their safeties or corner maybe came in and, and hit Gage a little late after that quarterback sneak right there. And Gage got up and kind of said something back to him. We're going to see who this penalty is going to be on. We'll wait for the uh, signal from the referee. He's writing it down because it's going to be a personal foul. And what is it? If you get two of them, you're gone? That's right. Oh, he's, is he going to announce it? I guess he's going to come over and let the coaching staff know who it was. 42 will check in. Drew Romero. And I think that's what the, the referee's coming over to let uh, Coach Danaher know. Offering it over with the coach, and again, they do write it down to keep track of the uh, personal files. He might be coming over here to talk to Coach Henner because it might actually be on Gage. So if it's on Gage, you're going to let him know that your quarterback can only get one more and he's out of the game. So that might be the reason for the long talk here. Referee. One back over now, going to talk over. Maybe they'd be offsetting Coach Duke because he's going over to the other sideline. And hey, what, that poor referee, he's not in the best of shape. I'll tell you what, he's had a. Rough night. I didn't get back on the fourth across the field. <laughs> Sorry, man. Maybe that day what? Either he's um, maybe need some maybe need some gold on or something. There he is, talking it over. It's going to be offsetting uh, unsportsmanlike conduct against both teams. So obviously he went over and talked to both head coaches. So offsetting penalties 
extra point coming up for the uh, Wildcats. And hopefully the offense coming off the field. So is it going to be a uh, two-point conversion coming up from the uh, three-yard line? Looks like it. Juarez is coming in with the pleasure. It had Drew Ramiro in, but Juarez will actually bring this one in. So they will go for two here. But line to the left is number 82. That's the uh, big line receiver, Jackson Lanham. Gage Lamb lined up under center. Wildcats overload the left side. Hand up. That's not number 36. He Thomas. Thomas rumbling in from two yards out, and he'll take it in for the two-point conversion. Big number 36, Heath Thomas, gives the Wildcats a 35-3 lead with 6.52 left to go in the third. We'll be back with more Wildcats football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. One minute. One minute, please. One minute. Thirty-five. Three. Two point. Oh man! Oh, went seven minutes. What is that? Six minutes off the clock. Thirty seconds. We're gonna start talking. Just uh, jump in when we're tied in. All right, sounds good. Gonzalez, high end over end kick. This one's gonna bounce at the fifteen. Looks like it's gonna be picked up by number twenty four coming around the near side. Special teams quickly coming in, and there comes the flag in from the referees. Wondering if they were gonna see it, but they did come in late. They're gonna have a block in the back against the uh, Coyotes, and uh, special teams player for the Coyotes didn't make it out to the fifteen yard line. With a penalty, Duke, if it is what we think it is, should take them half the distance into the uh, to their own uh, goal line. So it's going to be probably about the seven and a half to eight yard line. It's amazing, Mike. It's that same line judge over there on the far side. The play was right in front of him, and this the head referee is actually over here on the on our goal line or the the goal line on our side over here, and he's the one throwing the flag late. About <laughs> it happened about he threw it about five or six seconds after the actual foul occurred. That a guy over there just watching it happen, not. Uh, not someone in Austin. He's been in their favor the the majority of the game. Shotgun formation. Ball resting on the seven-yard line. First down and 10. Coyotes, 644. And Johnson is deep downfield. It's going to be incomplete. Trying to hit his wide receiver, number 13, on the near sideline right in front of us. That's Orlando Espinosa, but it's going to drop incomplete. Little uh, miscommunication there from Chris and Gaddis. The wide receiver actually was was open over here on the near side, just on a vertical route. They didn't know if they were uh, they're manning up or in a cover two shot right there. And Flores kind of came off on that that number two receiver on the out route. And nobody covered the vertical. Luckily, that ball was overthrown. Shotgun formation. Barrios hitting his wide receiver on the far side. Dalton loose, picked up, and is it going to take it in? Twenty four is right deal. But they're going to rule it incomplete uh, for Duke, and that was a uh, dangerous play there. It looked like it was going to get in, but uh, they're going to rule that he didn't make the catch. Yeah, I think that was the right call right there, Mikey. Uh, Lawrence Mann actually met him as soon as he touched the ball, so I think it was the right call right there, calling that one incomplete. It would have been nice if they, uh, they called it a catch because Lawrence Mann picked it up and walked right into the end zone, but it will be 
incomplete, so that'll set up the house titles with a third and ten. Ball still on the, their own six-yard line. Started this drive with 644, two incomplete passes. Now he's going to launch it downfield, and this one's going to be incomplete. This kind of shows you, Duke, uh, they started this drive with 644. They ran three plays in 17 seconds. Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, to one of the booster club members before the game, and he was asking me, you know, like, what do you think about the game? What do you, what do we got looking at? What are we looking at? Stuff like that. And you know, it's kind of a when you look at their offense, it's very basic. They got a, a dive play up the middle. They got a couple of sweeps, and then they like to just chunk the ball out to the wide receivers, and that's exactly what they've been doing all night. And the majority of them have fallen incomplete. High punt. This one's going to be taken at the 45-yard line. I want to see who the return man is. That Hawkins? Yes, it is Hawkins. 22 Hawkins trying to get out of bounds, and Hawkins will be pushed out of bounds. And they're going to spot him. And I'm very surprised they didn't get him forward progress, Duke. They're going to, there's a flag on the play at the 45. I think they're going to get him for a face mask here, Mike, so they might give us a, another five or let's see what it is. It might be five yards. It might be 15 if they call it a personal foul. I don't think there is a five-yard variety anymore. They just go straight 15. I think they go straight 15. But we'll see what the call is. Referee, looking over side, personal foul, face mask against the Alice Coyotes, so it's going to move the ball from the spot of the foul, which looks like about the 45, should put it at the 30 after they step it off, and the Wildcats will have first down and 10 with 6-13 left to go in the third. It will be of the 15-yard variety, so it's going to give us the ball on the Alice 30-yard line. We're going to come out in the spread set. we got trips to the top side. Jackson Lanham over here by himself. To the near side. Hawkins in the backfield with Lamb. Lamb looking. Looking right across the middle of the field. And uh, we've got a guy wide open downfield. That's number 14. It's kind of standing by himself, Caden Floyd. And Duke, you pointed that out. I mean, there was nobody within 15, 20 yards of Floyd. But, uh, Lamb looking at his receiver right in the middle of the field. Picks up about six yards on the play. I think we had Caden Floyd and Gaddis right there just going right down the middle of the field, both of them wide open. I don't know if that was a miscommunication up there on the with the corner right there, number four, Aaron Martinez, but he kind of just stood stood in place right there. He let Caden run by him, and, and uh, Gaddis run right over the middle of the field, but we weren't able to hit it. Lamb looking on the uh, near sideline, and it uh, looks like uh, – That was uh, the intended receiver was Jackson Lanham, but they went over the head of Lanham. And uh, Coach Brevis uh, asking us for some help. Yeah. Joe Garza. Garza. Incomplete play. Coming back down the spread formation, looks like Duff will be over here instead of Lanham. Going to go with the option to the left side. Gage Lamb cuts it up, makes a man miss. And he's going to stroll it into the end zone. Man, number five, just or with number three right there, that uh, defensive back, R.J. Galvalance, came up to make the hit right there on, on Lamb. And, man, he just gave him a little juke move right there. And he said, I don't know what I just saw. And <laughs> ran right past him. And uh, Gage Lamb will walk into the end zone right there for another six points. 521, and, again, credit to the uh, defense for holding the uh, Coyotes offense on three and out. And, again, with 521 left to play, Wildcats with a 24-yard touchdown run from their quarterback, Gage Lamb. Extra point coming up from Gonzalez. 
Coming out left footed kicker. High snap over the head of the uh, of the uh, kicker or the holder, shall I say? Frank Gonzalez on the return. Gonzalez going upfield. Gonzalez cuts to the right. Gonzalez trying to get into the end zone, and uh, did he get in? It's going to be close. The flag coming out way back here. And I don't think Gonzalez got in, but I'll tell you what, that was a heck of a throw by Gonzalez. Uh, that ball was picked up at about the 25-yard line. And a block in the back against the Wildcats. This will be declined, but great effort there by Grant Gonzalez. The point after, no good. 5:21 left to go in the game. Wildcats 41, Coyotes 3. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Wildcats football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, and we're going to check in with the scoreboard. All right. Oh, my goodness. Coach, can you hand me one of my candies up there? Are they cold now? They melted earlier. Ah, look at that. They solidified. How much time, uh, Brian? Five seconds. Perfect. Oh, I was going to have time to eat my candy. All right, welcome back. Wildcats with a 41-3 lead. Get the 24-yard run by their quarterback, number eight, Gates Lamb. The uh, extra point, the snap was high. Grant Gonzalez picked it up and uh, was able to weave his way to about the one-yard line, maybe inside the one-yard line, but the uh, block in the back nullified. Uh, but it, again, really didn't get into the end zone, but just a nice run by Grant Gonzalez. He'll tee it up at the 40-yard line as we get set for the uh, kickoff here. 5:21 left to go in the third quarter. Wildcats with a 41-3 lead as Gonzalez approaches. Left-footed kicker, high end over end kick. This one's going to be taken at the uh, 14-yard line. Number 24 coming over the near side. 24 going to be hit and not going to make the 20-yard line as the Coyote offense coming to the field. We're going to check in with our producer Brian Katana on our Rabelais INE scoreboard. Brian, what do you have for us? Right now in the third quarter, the Toloso Midway Warriors are trailing the Gregory Portland Wildcats 8-49. to In the third quarter, the Refugio Bobcats are leading the Kennedy Lions 49-0. to In the third quarter, the Carroll Tigers are trailing the Flower Bluff Hornets 14-27. to <clears throat> Also in the third quarter, the Beeville Trojans are trailing the Rockport Fulton Pirates 18-29. to Back to you, Mike. That's Brian Catano on our Rabelais Ironing Scoreboard. Brian, thank you so much uh, for the update on our Rabelais Ironing Scoreboard. Shotgun formation for the Coyotes. And now a – do we have a timeout or is it a false start? It's going to be a timeout taken by the Coyotes. We're going to keep it right here for instance as the Wildcats play 41-3 lead. And you might start to see some substitutes coming in. They're still we're not barely halfway into the third quarter. It looks like Devin Newkirk, number 20, has stepped into the game at an outside linebacker. I think everybody else is uh, starters have remained in. Looks like number 69 as well as uh, got into the game. That's Jonathan Luna. 41-3, five minutes left to go here in the third quarter. Looks like uh, Alice brought in uh, brought in their backup Trey Amarillo at the quarterback spot. Alice Coyotes coming to you from Memorial Stadium. Five minutes, fourteen seconds left to go in this game. Alice leading this matchup. 
as we come to you from Memorial Stadium. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us on a Friday night, wherever you're at, at home, at work. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday night. Pass play to number three in the far flat. Number 12, Sam Allen, coming up to make a good open field tackle right there. He was about seeing the 12 yards uh, off the line of scrimmage right there in coverage. Just a little quick hitter over there to the left side. Did a good job coming up and making that, that tackle for a gain of two. Second down, we'll call it seven to go. Defense again. So uh, we still have our secondary in there. Philip, uh, number 21, Philip Lively, manning the right side of the corner. Number five, Forrest Chris on the left corner. Sam Allen. John Gaddis are your safeties. Shotgun formation, low snap. Ball on the ground, quarterback number eight, picks it up, and now it's going to be slung down onto the carpet. That's uh, Trey Jaramillo, the uh, quarterback. Uh, they've, been, they've been rotating quarterbacks since about the second quarter, Coach Duke, and uh, how much success there for Jaramillo? Yeah, bad snap right there. Tried to pick it up, fumbled it a couple times, and then uh, big number 70, Justice Escobar, coming in and slinging him down to the turf, so... That'll drop him back for another five yards and going to set up a third and 12. Clock rolling. Shotgun formation. Coyotes with uh, trips lined up to the near side. I don't think they're going to get this one off, Mike. It's going to be a delay of game. You know, ever since the uh, quarterback, number eight, Amarillo has come in the game. They've had some trouble getting the play calls in. Looks like uh, they're going to give them a timeout, though, Mike, so they'll take it off the flag. Timeout on the field. Wildcats leading 41-3. Now it's the Coyotes who've taken a couple of early timeouts. They are down to only one timeout here. Wildcats have all three remaining. And uh, what was about a two-thirds capacity crowd across the field uh, has quickly scattered now only about a quarter of the fans remaining on the Alice Coyote side. As tonight, it's been a uh, it's been a lopsided scoreboard to say the least. Again, the Coyotes got on the board with uh, in their opening quarter on their opening drive. They had a 24-yard field goal. That was 10 minutes and 34 seconds remaining on the first quarter when the uh, Coyotes put their three points on the board. Since then, it's been nothing but the Calala Wildcats putting points on the board. Looks like uh, number 10, Colton Duff, is warming up on the sideline here in front of us. He may come in at quarterback for the next drive. A.J. Brown, who earlier came off the field with the, uh, you know, after he took that shot. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find A.J. He's right here in the middle. He's got a helmet. Oh, okay, there you go. Looks like he's all right. Got a helmet. Got a helmet in his right hand. Good sign for A.J. Brown. Uh, good job by the uh, training staff making sure that he was okay. Four wide receivers lined up to the right. Adamillo trying to hit this receiver. And uh looked like uh, that one, Camless, back in the day, may have been able to make that move. He's lost, uh, let's just say he's lost a couple of steps since his high school days. Yeah, that, that ball right there is kind of like we did earlier that time. They had the, the ball on the far side over there on the far hash, and the guy ran an out route over here toward us, and that ball was just overthrown. But that's a... About a 20, 30-yard pass over here trying to gain about five yards, and the ball was just a little bit overthrown, and fell like complete to set up a fourth and long to bring out the punt team. Joe Garza, Hawkins, drop back to the Wildcats. Hawkins coming up. He feels it. 
Hawkins hit immediately at the 45-yard line. Great special teams play by the uh, Alice Coyotes. 3.28 left to go in the third quarter. We're going to take a quick break. Listening to Callahan Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. 30 seconds only. 30 seconds only. All right, 30 seconds. 32, kind of limping off the field. Joel Carr there. That's Ten seconds. Five seconds. Action. Wildcats with the ball on the 46-yard line of the Coyotes. Gage Land looking downfield, looking for his wide receiver. Trying to hit, looks like that 85. Grant Gonzalez of Gonzalez coming onto the field. Uh, that one was overthrown by the uh, quarterback, number eight, Gates Lamb. We talked about Gonzalez, uh, Duke. He said he's a good athlete. And uh, we saw some of the moves there in the uh, extra point where the ball went over his head. This time he's in as a wide receiver. He was a workhorse for us last year at the tailback spot. He was uh, playing the inside receiver spot on the JV this year until he got moved up. And now you see him in here at the inside receiver over here on the left side. Why is hard? Motions across the line of scrimmage, takes the handoff, comes down the left side, has some running room, stops on a dime. Weishart is so quick. Slips out of bounds at the 25-yard line. And I think what, he's like a little scutterbug. He just gets around the edge, kind of makes a little sidestep, and picks up positive yards. It almost seemed like he was just going to step out of bounds right there, Mike. Just like you said, he stopped on a dime and took off to the right. And really good uh, stop and start right there by Weishart. Just wants some good moves around the left sideline. Takes it to the 25-yard line. So a 21-yard game for number 23, Austin Weishart. 25, Richard Davis brings the point in from the sideline. He's going to split wide to the right. Four wide receivers. That Colton Duff now at quarterback, trying to see if that's Duff. It is. Duff is taking over at quarterback, handoff to number 18. I believe it's Muller, and it is. Lawton Muller, the running back. So lots of changes coming in here for the Wildcats. We'll try to... Try to keep up with them as they uh, make changes offensively. Colton Duff in a quarterback. 25 checks out for the Wildcats. Always good to see uh, the younger players getting some experience. You never know when you'll need them in the playoff run. It's like number 64, Sam Gentry's checked in at right tackle. Alongside number 52, Jacob Cavazos is at right guard. Colton Duff with the pass attempt, looking at Floyd, but the ball was tipped by the uh, safety. I believe that's Escobar. Derek Escobar on the uh, deflection was breaking that one up, and that one will go incomplete with 2.29 left to go. Wildcats next week will take on the Miller Bucks. I believe we're at home next week, are we not? Yes, sir. Back at home. Homecoming. You get to you get to do all the pregame by yourself. Oh, my goodness. Week, i got to walk on the field in one of those tight jerseys. So. Really? Dang yeah. it. That's right. Ten years. It's, 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 it's crazy, right? Ten, ten years, years since I played high school football. Wow. That is crazy. Good coach Brad from the field. He does a good job. Homecoming. Doss looking downfield. Got number 82. Makes the catch. 23-yard touchdown pass. Good job by Jackson Lanham. You know, we've seen it throughout the year, but he's 
Then open at times. He just goes and hauls in. That comes with a nice job. Get the ball at the highest point and caught it with his hands. Jackson landed with a 23-yard touchdown pass from Colton Duff to number 82, Jackson Lanham. That's what you like to see from the big boy right there, just going up and, like you said, catching it at the highest point and not letting that one come down. And You know, especially on those, those smaller defenders like that, they have a, an opportunity to get the ball when you let it get down into your chest and stuff like that. That time he went out and got the ball at the highest point and brought that one in for the touchdown. Extra point. This one, strong enough, through the uprights, Grant Gonzalez, 48-3, Cal Allen over Alice. Way back with more Wildcat football. On 1360, KKTX. Jesus Christ, stop bleeding. It'll be a late night. 10.30 off Getting done with filming about one, probably. Are we on break right now? Yes, we are. If not, we will keep talking. Ten thirty offense in effect. Brian Katana working hard back in the booth. We're not the only ones working hard. Brian's working hard too. There, see. Don't fool yourself. Wildcats forty-eight. Alice Coyotes three. Some of this uh, crowd here in Alice making their way home, trying to catch the uh, 10 o'clock news. Uh, as Coach Billy John would say, we have the 10:30 offense in full effect. Two minutes and 22 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. Coach Duke, I don't think we're going to see the running clock like you had the luxury of last uh, in your game the other night. High deep kick. This one uh, going to be taken by number five, Derek Escobar. Escobar trying to make the 20-yard line. He's going to be hit. He's going to be stopped at about the 18-yard line. Two minutes, 13 seconds remaining here in the third quarter. Defense coming back onto the field. I see some of the uh, players that are checking in. Man still on the field. Ray Steele, Heath Thomas. The linebackers, number 20, is uh, Devin Newkirk is uh, checked into the game. Bively, Chris, are still your corners. Gaddis and Allen. Remaining at safety. Inglehart is still the nose guard. All on the 17-yard line for the uh, Coyotes. Shotgun formation, low snap. Looks like Hadamia will pick it up. Lawrence Mann there to clean it up. Folks, Duke just mentioned, homecoming next week. Miller Buccaneers, also the 10-year reunion for the uh, class of 2007, 2007, 2006 for football, yeah. 2006 for football. I'd like to see who some of them players are going to come in next week. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of them, man. They were talking about it on Facebook. It's going to be tough to get into one of them jerseys. So. One minute, 34 seconds. Just got corrected. Iglehart, not Englehart. Thank you. Dude, keep the time. I've been saying this the entire time. My apologies. Like I got a coach that works with these kids every day, and I just <laughs> never, coach, don't hesitate to slap me in the back of the head if I'm saying, well, if you're going to correct me on the angle heart, somebody's got to correct me on 53. Come on, I've been trying to say 53's name all year. Well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'm putting my best over here, you know, to, to get the, to roll my R's and get the, hey, you got you Alejandro Alejandro. Under one minute to play here in the third quarter. What I'm trying to say is I got uh, up on my own plate. Yeah, how do you do? <laughs> Looks like I go hard. It's going to clog up the middle, so there you go. Tell me how to say it, and I will be glad to. We'll see if we can get a pronunciation. Who's got this over there? Can we get, can we get a help on uh, Casey? How do we say his last name? Figure that out. Under 30 seconds to play in the third quarter. Give the coaching staff a hard time to our right hand side. Glad to see they got time to correct us on our broadcast. Yeah. Maybe we can grab their hits then. <laughs> Leo Meaty. There you go. Leo Meaty. Okay, there you go. Thank you, coaches. Coach Hertzer. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Escobar trying to get on the field. Escobar trying to get off the field. On the way. This one's going to bounce, and the uh, quarter is going to come to an end. Weishart will try to pick it up. He does pick it up at the 40. Tries to get around the outside. No room. That's going to be the end of the third quarter. As the uh, Wildcats with a 48-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes. We play three quarters from Memorial Stadium. We'll be back with more Wildcats football. On 1360 KKTX. Clear. One minute. Let's see if we can get one minute in. All right, one minute. This next week. Ten seconds. Hawkins on the kick from the forty-one yard line as we start the uh, fourth quarter. Takes it up field and he's going to take it out to the forty. We'll call it the forty-seven yard line. He's going to pick up seven yards on the play. As we start the fourth quarter. Hawkins took the carry and picked up seven yards. It'll be up second down and three. Ball just shy of midfield. Apple wide from Duff. Duff screening around, stops on a dime, tries to get around the outside, and Duff is going to lose his footing. Dude, looks like that sod may be a little loose out there. You can see some of the players kind of slipping. It's about where they were uh, trying those kicks earlier, Mike. I was talking about earlier right there on the 40-yard line. There's a bunch of, uh, looks like, Looks like Coach Danaher might have been out there hitting some, some pitching right just for a little bit. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty choppy right there. That time, Duff tried to get around the left side and just lost his footing right there for about a loss of three. So, that'll set up the Cats with a third and seven. Going to come out in the spread formation. Looks like uh, trying to get a number there. I believe that's Joe Barza checking in for uh, for Gonzalez here. Long throw for uh, Duff trying to uh, hit his wide receiver number 13. Caden Floyd over on the near sideline. That was going to fall over the head of the intended receiver. It's going to make up a fourth down play for the Wildcats. Not much time coming up that drive, Duke. Uh, 
minute and 36 seconds, or 26 seconds, shall I say, off the clock on the Wildcat Drive as we are into the fourth quarter approaching the 10 o'clock hour. Wildcats with a 48-3 lead over the Alice Coyotes. Uh, number five, Derek Escobar will drop back to field the punt. He's going to stand inside his 30-yard line to about the 25. I think we get you some scores from around the area on our Rabelais Ione scoreboard. That uh, Brown, who came back into punt, because he checked him back in. I know he had a one earlier. A.J. Brown on the punt. High end over end punt. Escobar takes it at the 27, coming to the near sideline. Escobar ties the spin, hit as he spins around. Now he's going to be best by number 25. And number 13, 25 is Richard Davis, 13, Lawton Muller. And trying to see who's coming off the pile of the pile. That's going to be number 44, Brian Wattis. Nice job by the special teams. Pretty good point right there by A.J. Brown on the uh... – the coverage team get down there. We had about three or four guys right there at the ball. And like you said, looks like we had uh, Juarez and, and Moeller and a couple other guys jumping in on that tackle. So another good uh, good punt by Brown. You know, he's been been coming in the late uh, the past couple of weeks in the actual punt formation. You know, at the beginning of the year, we were going with that, that little rugby-style punt with just the, the shotgun snap. This time we've been uh, actually going for an actual traditional punt, yeah, traditional yeah. punt formation. Brown's been doing a good job for us. Power block over Carroll. 34 to 21 in their matchup. Corpus Christi King leading Moody 35 to 7, and Ray High School all over Miller 49 to 0 in their matchup. Gregory Portland taking on Tulsa Midway. Gregory Portland leading that matchup 63 to 8 in their game as well. So, uh, so other games we'll check in with other games from around the area. Uh, some of the lower classifications. How about Bishop taking on Tarquinius? Bishop leading 28 to 15 uh, in their matchup. Katuna taking on Taft. Taft leading that matchup 24 to 7. Odom all over um, Monte Alto, 68-0. Banquete taking on London. Banquete leading that matchup, 35-21. Bruni taking on Aguadulce. Bruni, 43-0 over Aguadulce. Somerset taking on Robstown. Somerset, 51-13 over uh, Robstown. Somerset's a team they just played a couple of years in the playoffs, and now they're uh, they're dropped down uh, with the classification. They're now taking on Robstown. Quero taking on uh, Sidden. Quero ranked number four in the state, leading uh, Sidden 34-14. Orange Grove over West Oto, so 36-7. Uh, those are some of the scores coming in from around the area. I'd like to give credit to some of the other schools as well. Hebronville taking on Skidmore Tynan. Hebronville leading 40-12 to in their matchup. A couple of finals to pass on for you. Looks like George West uh, came up short against Goliad. Goliad 28-7 over George West. Uh, Mathis over Jordanson 20-14. Ben Volk. 60-0 over uh, Santa Rosa. And our last final that we have to report tonight is Santa Gertrudis, 13-0 over San Diego. So those are some scores on our Rabelais INA scoreboard. As the Alice Coyotes uh, come up with uh, not much on their first two downs, now looking at a third down and 10. And nine minutes, 18 seconds remaining here in this game, Coach Duke. And, uh, again, you mentioned a long night. You got coaches will have to go back and look at the field tonight, break it down a couple hours extra. So, uh, so got about, what is it, about a 40-minute ride. It gets back to, to five-point series. Yeah. Try to get out of this game injury-free. And, uh, again, there's a plan A. Number 44 coming in on the blitz for the uh, Wildcats. is Brian Waters coming in from the inside linebacker. Boy, Waters looking quick there from the linebacker spot. Did a really good job coming off the edge right there. Like you said, Brian Waters coming up and reading that, that uh, draw play the entire time. Just came up and made the tackle on the quarterback for a – we're about a loss of about seven or eight right there, so it's going to set up a fourth and 18. They're going to bring out the punt unit again. Going to have uh, Weishart and Hawkins back deep 
to return this one. Eight minutes and 25 seconds left to go here in the game. Cats up 48-3. Hunt on the way. This one's going to be taken by Hawkins. Trying to get the last hit up on the right side. Hawkins has some blockers in front of him. Hawkins trying to get around the right side. Has a 30. 25 inside the 20. Going to be brought down right at the 20-yard line. So a nice return of about 33 yards for Hawkins. Picked up a couple good blocks right there in the early going. I think uh, number 36, Keith Thomas, is the one that, that's springing loose right there. Then picked up a couple other ones, but... Looks like Hawkins is still down on the field, Mike. Is it Hawkins? Coach Burleson, did you see? You can't get a number here, but the uh, training staff is out there to take a look at him. Hawkins had the nice return, had a nice wall set up for sure. They're going to spot this ball right on the 20-yard line. So, again, the Wildcats special teams giving their offense great, great field position. We have eight minutes and 11 seconds as the uh, training staff from the Alice Coyotes is going to come across the field as well as uh, we wait for the uh, player to be tended to. looks like he's going to come up on his feet, and it's not going to be Hawkins. Is that Hawkins? It is. Yep. It is Hawkins. 22 Hawkins. A little slow to come off the field. Got a nice return. So now you've had both of your running backs tonight, Duke. Uh, a little dinged up. You know, we saw Brown earlier come off the field with tended to, and now we got to see what Hawkins. Good to see him come off on their own, but uh, now you've had two of your main – you know, two of your main weapons in the backfield coming off slowly off the field. Yeah, I think he's pointing to his neck or something like that, Mike. I thought he might have just got rolled up on that tackle right there. He might have been something with his leg, but I think he's kind of just indicating that he might have got like a little stinger or something, but he was going to put his helmet back on, so doesn't look too serious, and that's a good sign. A couple of players slow to come onto the field. Again, we've had some changes here late in the game. Eight minutes and 11 seconds. Wildcats leading 48-3. to three. Next week, homecoming from Bill Danaher Field. Come on out. You get to see Coach Duke put the jersey back on. Glad that they are stretch material. Let's just say that. Not only for Coach Duke, but for some of the other players coming in. They don't stretch as much as they really should, though, Coach Duke. They used to stretch a lot more, I'll tell you that. I had to uh, actually – They uh, each week the players have been giving their jerseys to, to uh, teachers, and this week I got to wear John Gaddis' jersey, and it's, it's only a medium. And uh, – <laughs> I got to put that on today, and, man, they do, they do not stretch like they used to. I can tell you that. Tell you what, that is that dry fit. It's going to be, again, a lot of players coming back. Just to name a few, I remember, I'm just trying to think of some of the players from your class. Susan Nagari, Sean Helsher, uh, you know, from the wideout spots. You know, Sean, always a great, not only a good uh, athlete, but a great character, good young man. Susan Nagari, uh, also one of your wide receivers back then. Uh, uh, was, uh, Cody Heim was yeah, Cody Heim was out there. McClure, I think, is going to show up, a running back. So. Taking the shot down here, looking at Wise Hart, overthrowing him and stuff. So, uh, yeah, again, just so many players that, that are going to come back out there and, and, and uh, represent their community and represent their class 10 years ago, Duke. And that's, well, you know, went off to college a couple of years, got to throw the, uh, the old rock for a few years, and went on to play some uh, professional baseball for the Phillies. And now you find yourself back home. Good to be back home. For sure. It's good to be back home. You know, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be real fun to see all those guys back in, back in town again. I know a bunch of them. There's uh, quite a few that are still stuck around, you know, to work, some, work around some of the business around South Texas. And a couple of the guys are coming in from Houston and, uh, and Dallas and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good time next weekend. Duff looking pressure. Now he's going to step up. Held on to it just a little bit too long, Duke. He was looking downfield, looking right, looking left, looked up the middle and just nowhere where to throw. And at that point, he just like to throw it out of bounds. But Duff held on to it, and the defense from the Coyotes got to him at the 30-yard line. And it's going to bring up a third down. This drive started. Uh, to uh, trying to see where the yardstick was that started at the 20-yard line 
And now we're back to the 30, so third down and 20. At that time, it looked like he was just looking for a receiver to bust open right there, and they had a pretty good coverage right there. <laughs> looked right, looked left, and then was just uh, held on to a little bit too long. Stops looking, steps up in the pocket again, has pressure, defense coming up big for the Coyotes, and right there again, no gain on the play for the uh, Wildcats uh, quarterback. He's going to be brought down right at the 30-yard line. He's going to bring up third down and 20. I'm sorry, fourth down and 20. You know, Duff's not really taking a drop right there. I, I watched the last two plays, and you know, I just obviously I watched the quarterback a little bit more than most of the other slots because I, I played that position, and that time he really didn't take a drop away from the line of scrimmage. And when that happened, it just uh, you know kind of kind of fell right into his lap and was able to get that sack. Looks like Forrest Chris is going to come in at quarterback here, Mike. What are you seeing here? A quick kick, or what are we going to do? Handoff over to the right side. Trying to pick up some yards. Looks like some of the 33, or sorry, 13 bowlers on the carry, but it's going to be well short of the first down. Pick up about um, nine yards, but it's not going to be enough at the first down. So, first Chris coming in the quarterback. That's a new wrinkle. Yeah, I, just, I don't know if that was just because uh, you know, he might have been, like I was saying, like he didn't have a, a real good job right there in the quarterback spot, and he was kind of sitting up there close to the line. So, any type of pressure is going to get, make you try to – to run out of there because you're not away from the line. So didn't really help out the line uh, on their blocking scheme. And then he kind of overthrew that one before that. So he might have just taken him out for that one play to, you know, just to get the hand the ball off and, and get it going and maybe send a message to Duff. I will be at the 22-yard line for the Coyotes. Six minutes, 31 seconds left to go in this game. Crowd really been across the field. Ball on the carpet, Jaramillo picks it up, looking over to the right side, looking for his wide receiver. This one's going to be high. Chris Crisp coming in, making sure as uh, he gets a little hit on the wide receiver on the back. The ball sells out of bounds. You know, it's tough for this uh, Alice, Alice offense to do anything, especially down 48-3 here with a uh, little time to go here in the fourth quarter, but you know, when you when we're talking about it, you're looking at their offense. They kind of just go deep every play. So, like this time that they have to actually run routes, and we're kind of in coverage. They're not a uh, not really suited for that, I guess you could say. And there's just uh, a bunch of incomplete passes. And the last two plays, they've had bad snaps. So, it's, uh, doing nothing going for the Dallas Coyotes here in the fourth quarter. 69. Jonathan Rooney has checked in the game along with number 72, Julian Beltran. Two of the uh, defenders have checked in. Look quickly, I'd like to thank our uh, Golden Boosters uh, helping us out tonight uh, and throughout the season, helping out uh, HEB, how about Security Storage, Remax Associates, PCRV, Sitco Refining, and uh, Chemicals, Peeler uh, Cattle Company, Atlas Tubular, Pipe Brothers, V Ad, Pulp Production, Out Deluxe Tool and Supply, City Councilman Carolyn Bond, the Orange Grove Co op, Cameron Commercial and Industrial, uh, just to name a few, how about Boutique and Robinson, LOP Attorneys. Figure Sawmill and Furniture, Armadillo Chiropractic, and Bella Sunscreen. So it looks like the Carroll Tigers making a little bit of a comeback. They uh, now with uh, uh, two and a half minutes, or so, I'm sorry, three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, now trailing 34 to 27 against the uh, Fly Bluff Hornets. Also, thank our longtime boosters. How about for Charles R. Butler, uh, attorney at law, Navy Army Community Credit Union, the Kevin Mahaney family. Supporting the Wildcats for many years, Trout Trucking, Remax Associates, Dr. David Pierce, 26 years helping out the Booster Club, Barbara's Flowers and Gifts, Power Repair Service, just to name a few. 
How about five points, Kyle Patrick and Dr. Sam Gordon? Even and Shelly Floyd, all long-time supporters of this uh, program, like to thank everybody for helping us out on a Friday night. Rabelais, IME, our scoreboard, uh, uh, MC Weldon and Fabrication, our halftime show, so many people to make it possible. I'd like to thank Nolan's uh, Poor Boy, Remax, Division 16 Construction. How about ETS All Growth Services? Uh, Favorite Chiropractic, Prosperity Bank. Uh, just so many people that uh, make it possible for us to bring in these games. Um, you know, throughout the season, the Touchdown Club. Uh, there's, again, just so, so many people that make it possible to bring in these games on a Friday night. We ask you all to support our sponsors. Without our sponsors, these games wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't be able to bring you the broadcast. So, Get a chance going by. Let them know you heard. Uh, let them know you heard us here on the Friday night, and, and thank them for helping us out to bring you our program every Friday night. Coming into pond will be Alejandro Gonzalez. Gonzalez would be a right foot. Either way, and it's going to be a fair catch by Hawkins, who checks back in the game, and Hawkins will field it at the 48-yard line with 4:53 left to go here in this game, leading 48-3. Good to see Hawkins back in on the field. And, again, the middle of the field, right about the 45-yard line on the left side of the 50-yard uh, line, you can just see where it's really, I don't know, it's kind of mushy, old, the sod, the little leaves, but kind of a really dark spot there in that area. Wildcats just over that spot we're talking about. They're going to take, uh, take over on the 48-yard line. Colton Duff will be back in at the quarterback slot. Wildcats staying with her spread offense. And off 22, Hawkins, trying to get around the near side. And a great defensive play. We've seen 50 all over the field. This kid's done a nice job. Got to give that young man credit for the uh, defense. That's the defensive tackle, Gilbert Bernal, for the uh, Alice Coyotes coming up and making that defensive play. He's going to lose about five yards on the play. We'll give him four-yard loss. It's going to be second down and uh, 14. Number 80, Camden Ginzer has checked in a wide receiver for the Cats. Uh, got some, uh, some new faces in there. Looks like number 65, Chris Cryer. In that right tackle, looks like number 33, just trying not to fill with Jared Pettit. 81 and 85 are checking at wide receivers. 81 is Cage Emmerd. Take to Hawkins. Dump. Now we'll dump it off to Hawkins. Hawkins takes it at the 39. Goes around the left side. Has midfield. Crosses into Coyote territory before being pushed out of bounds at the 49. Already. Oh. 73 and 74 on the front line, dude. I can see them. It looks like Flyer Buff is added to the lead, Mike. It's 41 to 27. Flyer Buff in control of the South Zone. That's who we uh, could possibly face in the zone playoff matchup. It'll be interesting to see where that game takes place, I think. I don't know if you'll see a home and home maybe between these two teams, or we're talking about maybe doing an AM Kingsville as well, Mike. Hawkins on the carry. Hawkins has the first down. Hawkins inside the uh, 30, inside the 40 to about the 36-yard line. Can't imagine that we'll go back to CCISD and uh, try to host a playoff game. So anywhere uh, that uh, you can imagine besides those two stadiums that are inside the uh, CCISD, uh, you know, uh, sports complexes, either Block or Cavanaugh, don't, don't think you'll see them there. Don't know if we'd see it at Flower Block or Kelly. I'm not sure if either one of them would want to go home home. So really at that point, again, you need to be looking at maybe a, a lot of teams are going to have home games that night, uh, Coach Luke. So we'll see what happens there. 
half play, out there trying to get his wide receiver. Looks like number five there, Escobar, with the ninth defensive play. Duff trying to hit wide side. But you got to remember, this is the last game of the season. So some of the stadiums are going to be occupied. It's going to be interesting to see if Kingsville has a home game that night. Do they have a game that night? Or you know, trying to find a game to play on the, on the Friday night where most teams are rounding out their season. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I, I got to check the, the exact details, but I think that. Everybody in the district gets to play that 10th game. I don't know if yeah. it is, right? It's just the last place teams are the only ones that don't. Is that how it is? Yeah. Are they not going to get to play each other? I thought everybody played pretty much. I thought about one to play one, two, three, you know, one to one, and just go down the list. Almost like a tournament bracket. I mean, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. Colton Duff on the quarterback keeper. Duff lunging the field inside the 20 to about the 16-yard line. I don't know the exact format, but I would imagine it would almost be like a tournament bracket. Duke one, you know, two high seeds. Unfortunately, they have to play each other to try to come up with the number one spot. And then I guess you get the two number twos to try to come up with a, you know, the three and four. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, I was looking at it as well. If you're, you know, if you're in second place and you play the other two, you know, only four teams get in to the playoffs. So maybe like you could be, you could actually lose that game and work out of the right. playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So. They end on the 28th. So, for Bevison, letting us know that H.M. King, that could be a possibility in Kingsville. Don't know where else you can think about. I'm not sure if G.P. plays at home. I wouldn't mind going back to G.P. That's a nice field, nice stadium, nice turf, nice, you know, everything. It's been good to us this year. Yeah. <laughs> been good to us over the years, for sure. I mean, that's, an, again, just a nice, just complimenting their field. You're trying to find someone that's got a nice surface. If the, uh, you know, the, the turf won't be a, a problem for the night, you should say. So, flag coming out late. I see some uh, laundry on the uh, carpet. 146 left to go in this game. Wildcats next week will have homecoming. That field in her 15-year anniversary for the uh, class of 2006. So, come out and join us if you can't make it to the scene on 1360 KKTX. 7 o'clock, the uh, coaches show, 7.30 kickoff as the Wildcats will round out their last district game of the season before heading into the zone playoffs. And next week, Coach Duke, you could, uh, you're looking at uh, Coach Danaher trying to, uh, to tie the record uh, uh, for uh, most uh, wins, trying to tie GM more than, of course, the playoff uh, game in November would be the uh, game that he would have the opportunity to break that record after uh, picking up two uh, forfeits that uh, came back in his favor. So tonight, after tonight's win, the Wildcats will be 7-1, and, and Coach Banner on the verge of uh, tying the record next week. And, you know, they would have been set up, Duke. They would have been needed. We would have yeah. come in. They would have been homecoming. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We lost the game against San Antonio. I had a great opportunity to win that game against San Antonio Johnson. But if it had played out, think about it, at home, Homecoming. homecoming, and with your 10-year reunion, your former players, a lot of players coming back. So, that, again, it just uh, didn't work out that way. But uh, glad to see that the boys got their two uh, forfeits back that they had lost. Backside pressure from the Alice Coyotes, 52 coming in, bringing down the quarterback, Colton Duff. So a loss on the play. Clock now down to 117 left to be in this game. As the Wildcats are winning this game, 48-3 over the Alice Coyotes. Just, a, uh, again, right at about a minute left to play. A fourth down play coming up, and you know, you're too far from your field goal, you're too close to punts. I think you'll just see the Wildcats put this clock go down, uh, as you know, far down to zero as they can be, and then just to try to run a play 
they pick up the first down, you might see them take the picture and kneel. If not, they just turn the ball over to the Alice Coyotes right here where they, where they can get it. Yeah, we're going to have to do something. There's about uh, five seconds left to go here in the play clock. We've got 43 seconds left to go in the game. So it's like we're going to take a timeout. We'll either come back and uh, probably, just like you said, probably just run a play and try to pick up as much as you can and, you know, turn over the ball maybe. It's uh, fourth and about 20, 25. You think about it, Coach Cook, uh, last week, you know, they had a good game against Ray, shut down the Ray offense to only six points tonight. Three uh, points on the opening drive to the Alice Coyotes. Other than that, you know, they haven't given up a whole lot the week before against Gregory Portland. Didn't what was the final on that one? Didn't we just give up uh, a touchdown on that one as well? A week before that, against Telosa Midway, completely shut them down. So this is a team, again, you got to talk about defensively. They've done a great job, and now the special teams, after the first couple of weeks, have turned things around. A couple of misplays tonight, but for the most part, you know, Gonzalez has really stepped in, done a good job kicking. Uh, for now, what, this is third week, I believe, is uh, taking over the kicking responsibilities. Uh, and, and they seem starting to play some good football. You know, good sign for them. Players are healthy. We saw a couple of our running backs take a couple of, you know, little stingers tonight. Maybe, you know, got their bell rung a little bit. But we've seen uh, both players come back on the field. Hawkins came back, and we saw, you know, Brown come back and, uh, you know, punted the ball. So, uh, late in the season, they are healthy. Lamb's back, going downfield, taking a shot, hitting the, uh, uh, trying to go for his wide receiver. It's going to be intercepted inside the 15-yard line. Uh, that's going to be number four on the interception for the uh, Coyotes. It's Aaron Martinez making the interception, and the Coyotes will take over with 34 seconds left to go in this game. Yeah, not much really to do right there offensively. They had about six or seven guys back there uh, just waiting for the pass. That's how we ran a little wheel route right there, and had him open for a little bit, but the uh, safety just came over the top, kind of playing center field on half of the field right there. So he came up and intercepted that ball at the about 14-yard line. So with about 30 seconds left to go here in the game, the uh, Alice Kyles will take over with the first and 10. So Coach Evans now has his first Wildcat experience as he uh, now has taken over the head coaching job for the Alice Coyotes. You know, Mike, I, I like coming here, Dallas. Because I won four games all this year. We played Alice here twice. We won both of those games. I won a playoff game against Ed Couch my sophomore year here, and then we ended up playing Beville uh, my senior year, and we ended up winning that game. So, I, you know, it's always good to come back here. It's a, it's, a, it's a good feeling. You know, we always, or since I've been here, we've come over here and uh, always ended up on the winning side. Good uh, good venue as well. 14 seconds left to go in this game. I don't believe the Alice Coyotes are going to win another play. That's going to be it. But the uh, play, I'm sorry, the uh, game clock down to five seconds. The final, 48-3. to three, The Calhoun Wildcats over the Alice Coyotes. We'll be back with the Rabelais IME Post Game Show right here on 1360 KKTX. Clear. Thank you. Coach, will you do me a favor? I use that to always do my pregame show. Do you think I've ever put 48-3 in the top? And what are we now, 7-1? And I think Alice now will be five and three. Are we seven and one or eight and one? Seven, seven and one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <coughs> hey Brian, how are we doing on commercials? Uh, we're a little behind, so go ahead and give me give me two then right here. I'm gonna pick up some trash around in the press box. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks. <coughs> Yeah, they've been gone for a little bit. 
The score? One minute. Good, good deal, good deal. Fine, you got the scoreboard up? We'll do one more check in with you. Scoreboard, you all right? Yeah, I got it up. Okay, good. How much time we got, Brian? Hey, Brian? Yeah. How much time we got? 15 seconds. Okay, good. Five seconds. All right, welcome back to our Rabelais INE postgame show, the final from uh, Memorial Stadium, the Carolina Wildcat victorious over the Alice Coyotes, the uh, final 48-3 over the uh, Alice Coyotes. And uh, Duke last week, it was 34-7, sorry, yeah, 34-6 over uh, Ray. This week, 48-3. But he's got defense, really. I mean, it, it's been a while. They gave up seven points uh, to Gregory Portland. And I think that's about the, you know, it's been the highest point total they've given up in, in quite some time. Against the Carroll Tigers, gave up seven points. Uh, and, and it's just been a, a, an ongoing, you know, great performance by the Swalcat defense. They've done a great job. Uh, I think they're against the San Antonio Jaguars. I think, was it 21? Was it the final 21? I uh, can't remember the final. 21-14 or whatever the game was. But had an opportunity late in the game where the defense had a couple of good stops and uh, we just weren't able to capitalize it. This defense is playing really good, and tonight, uh, coming into Alice, always a tough place to play. But they come up with a victory tonight uh, over this tough Alice Coyote team, 48-3. At halftime, uh, you know, it was uh, we went into halftime, and it was 27-3. The Wildcats, uh, you know, got some nice defensive plays and, and just did a great job, and again, just kind of moved the ball and, and did a great job for us tonight. You know, you think about it, even the, even the way they got their three points there in there the game, you know, they had a, a, a bad snap. He just picks it up and heaves it. The ball deflects off one guy, one of our defenders, and then he ends up picking it up for like about a 40 or 50 yard gain there at the beginning of the game, and then we end up with a penalty. That's really the only time they scored was a busted play and then yeah. a penalty. So I mean, you know, our defense has been been doing it all year. I'm looking at the stats. What did a What did we say last week? They had seven yards of offense in the second seven half. Seven yards in the second half. All right. Well, they had nine yards tonight in the second half. 
Oh, man, some defense in a row. There's something to smack a little bit there, Coach. Got to give him, uh, I mean, what is that, uh, you know, just a little bit more than what they had last week. You mentioned last week, two yards. Yeah, three-yard difference from last week. So, definitely going to have to step it up a little bit and try to keep this uh, defense in line to what they've been doing. But it's been a great year for this defense. Got to give them credit. But, uh, you know, we're quickly we want to check in with uh, our producer, uh, Brian Katana, who's going to give us some scores from around the air. A lot of games starting to go final. Uh, Brian, what do you have for us on our Rabbit Ione scoreboard? We do have a few final scores here. The Moody Trojans lost to the King Mustangs 15-42. to The Ray Texans were able to shut out the Roy Miller Buccaneers 49-0. to The Robstown Cotton Pickers lost to the Somerset Bulldogs 51-13. to Another final score, the Refugio Bobcats beat the Kennedy Lions 56-6. to Back to you, Mike. I appreciate it, Brian. Just going to go over the uh, final game stats here tonight. Cal Allen victorious. We're going to have uh, the uh, cat stats here for you. We, tonight we had 15 first downs, 338 yards rushing, and 58 yards passing for a total of 396 yards of offense. We had seven penalties for 55 yards rushing tonight. A.J. Brown led the way with nine carries, 172 yards, touchdown. Lamb had 11 carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. And Hogan pitched in with 10 carries for 25 yards. Passing tonight, Lamb was 5 of 11 for 35 yards. Duff was 1 of 7 for 23 yards and a touchdown. Receiving tonight, Jackson Lanham had one catch, 23 yards and a touchdown. Weishart had the other catch for 22 yards and a touchdown. Or, and for a total time possession of 26-56. On the other side for the Alice Coyote, they ended up with eight first downs, zero in the second half. They ended up with negative four yards rushing, so that's one yard in the second half. Passing yards, they ended up with 104 for a total of 100. Yards, so they ended up with nine total yards in the second half. Excellent job by our defense again tonight. They had five ponies for 39 yards rushing. They had Gonzalez with four carries and 10 yards. Amarillo had 12 carries for nine yards, and Barrios ended up with three carries for negative 31 yards. Passing tonight, Barrios was seven of 21 for 99. Amarillo was three of five for five yards. Receiving, Hernandez had one catch there early for 50 yards. Galvan had four catches for 31 yards, and they had a total time of possession for 21:04. So another big night for the Cal on offense. Another big night for the Cal on defense. Like we said last week, they only gave up uh, about six yards of total offense in the second half against Ray. And then tonight, once again, they're just uh, holding the holding them to under 10 yards for the third week in a row. Okay, just to break some of the game, you get too many younger younger players uh, able to get the game with some good experience. Uh, we're coming to you from Memorial Stadium. The Wildcats, the uh, final over the Alice Coyotes. And Coach Seek just gave you the final numbers. I can thank uh, Coach Brotherton for helping us out with our stats tonight. 48-3, to the final from Memorial Stadium. We're going to take a break on the Rappalese INA Postgame Show. We'll be back with more Wildcat football on 1360 KKTX. Clear. We're back in the I mean, I've got to get out of here. So, get again next week, buddy. It's crazy. You want to do the job? You done with these? You don't need these, right? These are old ones? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How are we doing on commercials? All right, I'll give it to you later. You can shoot me that picture, then it helps out a whole lot. Or I can send you the spreadsheet, whatever you want. Yeah, just send me the spreadsheet, I'll take a picture of it in a second. All right, thanks. Oh, man. Brian, how many how many doing in the commercial spot? So we need to take another two minute here? Yeah, this is a two minute break. Okay, good. I'm packing up. I'm just picking up some of the stuff around here because it's 
late and it's cold in here. Uh, next week we're at home, homecoming. I think you heard us say that. So 7 o'clock, 7.30 again. We'll be in 1360. Are you going to be working next week? Uh, yeah, I'll probably be here. And I appreciate it. I like the way you do this uh, scoreboard. It helps, out, it helps us out a whole lot for sure. Cool. No problem at all. We should like that, man. <clears throat> <coughs> One minute. Good deal. Seconds. How are we doing? Do we need to go to another break after we wrap it up? Are we good? Uh, are we not? Yeah, after you, uh, whenever okay. you sign off, I'll take the last break and that'll be it. So after okay. you end the show, we'll, we'll just finish with the last break. Okay, good deal. Five seconds. All right, welcome back to our Rabelais INE postgame show, the final for Memorial Stadium. The Wildcats uh, over the uh, Alice Coyotes. We, uh, again, try to close things out. We'd like to uh, congratulate the Cal Wildcats as they improved to 7-1 and one with a 48-3 victory over the Alice Coyotes uh, here at Memorial Stadium. Fans have made their way to the, uh, to the parking lot as the uh, Wildcats Include the seven and one. The Alice Coyotes will drop to uh, five and three. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in on Friday night. Thanks for being with us. We're going to give you one more uh, quick roundup of some of the scores around the area. Again, a lot of finals uh, that have taken place here. We'll give you some of the finals uh, to start off with uh, tonight. Uh, San Diego. We gave you that one. Santa Catrina thirteen to zero over San Diego. Heavenville forty to uh, eighteen over Skidmore Tynan. It is the final. Flower Bluff over Carroll forty one to twenty seven. Uh, Sitton taking on Quero. Quero leading that, or took that one 41 to 14. Uh, Somerset 51 to 13 over Robstown. Ben Bolt 60 to 0 over Santa Maria. Brewer 43 to 0 over Aguadulce. We got Odin 68 to 0 over Monte Alto. Mathis uh, with a close one 20 to 14 over Jordanson. Taft 24 to 7 over Catuna. Doug uh, reporting putting up 70 points on Tolosa Midway, 70 to 8 over Tolosa Midway. Ray High School 49 to 0 over Miller. Corpus Christi King 42 to 15 over Moody. Banquete over uh, Falfurias. Uh, I'm sorry, Bishop over Falfurias. Bishop 28 to 15. George West over uh, Goliad. Uh, and again, my apologies. That's Goliad 28 over George West 7. Some of the games late. Uh, taking place where Stos taking on Orange Grove. Orange Grove leading that one 49 to 28. And then Banquete is leading London 35-21 late in the fourth quarter. Those are some of the scores late in their game. Some, most of those finals on our Rabelais INE scoreboard. I'd like to thank everybody for being with us on our Rabelais INE postgame show. The Wildcats next week will have homecoming. They're at Field Banner Herfield. Uh, 7 o'clock game time, 7.30 kickoff. It is also the 10-year reunion for the uh, 2006 class, so if you can't make it out, at least tune us in right here on 1360 KKTX. For our producer, uh, Brian Katana, our statistician, 
Coach Mike Brunson, our color commentator. Coach Ryan Duke. I'm Mike Guerrero. The Wildcats, 48-3 over the Alice Coyotes. Have a great weekend. Bundle up. It is chilly. Good night. God bless. We'll do it again next week. Clear. All right, buddy. Good job, man. Thank we'll you, do, sir. We'll do, we'll do it again next week. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Brian.